Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by coming to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, tonight we've got, uh, wow, an exciting show. What a week uh, that's happened after the DNC, uh, you know, the Democrat National Convention. Uh, of course, uh, the biggest controversy is when you had the two uh, Muslim Americans uh, who, whose, well, I can't get that. <laughs> Let's read some. Uh, whose son uh, was killed over uh, in Iraq, and of course the comments that they made. Now we don't have an audio of that, uh, but I'm sure everyone by now knows uh, what was said. And, you know, and then it's amazing how much one line. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about the one line Donald Trump said that, you know, she didn't say much. Um, probably, maybe, he said, because, you know, she wasn't allowed to or she couldn't talk while he was there. Uh, there may or may not have been some points to that. I mean, that is a, a general custom, uh, from my understanding, of, you know, the Islam and Muslims, thing of that nature. Now, you know, them being over here, uh, it may be different, but we'll uh, – it's just, you know, take it as it is. Uh, but she said that, you know, the reason why she couldn't talk is, you know, even uh, when she sees pictures of her son, uh, she can't, you know, say anything. And I understand that. Uh, so we'll uh, take her again at her word as well. Uh, but a lot's coming out, especially if you're looking at social media, uh, the supposed ties uh, of those two with, you know, the Clintons and some even some reports or at least posts on there being a connection between uh, him and, you know, some ties with the uh, Muslim Brotherhood, things of that nature. But we'll explore that later on this evening. Uh, the big focus of tonight's show is if Donald Trump doesn't, stay, you know, stay in the, in the race, and then there's been some talk of him actually leaving because of this big controversy. I don't know how much validity there is, but we do have uh, some information if that were to happen. So uh, what we would, you know, what would happen, uh, we do have that. So we'll talk about that as well. But first we're going to talk about the voter fraud. And I do have uh, an audio uh, that I think uh, our guest, uh, Jim Connor Jr., will refer to uh, later uh, with Roger Stone talking about voter fraud. And that will be the, you know, the focus of a, a large portion of our show tonight. 
Uh, so if you'd like uh, to give us a call, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, whether you're listening out there in the chat or whichever, if you're on Blog Talk Radio or other venues listening to the show, uh, and you'd like to chime in and join us, uh, 347-945-7428. I do see some uh, callers in. When you are ready, just push the one on the number dial, and I'll get you in as quickly as I can. But first, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, uh, which is Jim Kind Jr. Thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. Uh, Jim, how are you tonight? Okay, Robert. Thanks for having us. And uh, did you say you're going to play the Rod- Roger Stone audio? I do have that. It's like a four-minute clip. Is that correct? Yeah, that would be good to play that. If, if you can play that as soon so we can then discuss it. Because it, he's become the highest, you know, he's a best-selling author on the New York Times list, which is, uh, you know, Clinton's uh, War on Women. Another one of his books is related to, uh, well, he has about, about 10 of them, LBJ, the case against LBJ on the JFK thing. But I think his most relevant and important book is uh, is, is the uh, uh, Clinton's War on Women. So he's it was on CNN and Fox and, and, and MSNBC till he was banned about a few months ago. I can't remember what excuse they used. And he's been on uh, uh, Alex Jones a lot, which is kind of an alternative big, big. Well, I mean, whatever people think of Alex Jones, he supposedly uh, reaches 20 million different people a week at some point or another. And then uh, then also he was. But this was done on Breitbart. Now, Breitbart, I would say, is a fairly well-known, almost universally known alternative website, Internet website for news like World Net Daily. Wouldn't you say they're one of the biggest now, Breitbart, of the alternative news? Oh, certainly. I would, I would say yeah, so. so. So Roger Stone was on that uh, Breitbart with a podcast with a guy named Milo, and it is really he's now become the most famous person, the highest person, to hit the thing right between the eyes because what he says is his first words are something like, election machines are basically computers, and computers uh, can be told to do anything. Uh, everyone knows that now. If they if they wanted to, is it possible that they would fix uh, uh, fix the, the November election uh, by by computer fraud? Of course, of course, it's possible. Something like that. I'm not word for word, but that's how he starts off. And then he goes through and says exactly what we've been urging on open letter to DonaldTrump.com, and that is that if there is obvious shenanigans and where it looks like Trump. Uh, would have should have won somewhere, and then he doesn't win. Uh, that they're not going to accept it. They're going to file suit. He, Roger Stone talks about widespread civil disobedience. He makes it clear he's talking peaceful civil disobedience. He said the government is not going to be the government. Or the 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 the, uh, the inauguration of Hillary will be empty, and uh, we're not going to accept it. And uh, the, the, and he says the government won't be the government if we don't have honest elections. What do we have? Now this is what we've been urging. Uh, someone to say, and we want Trump to say it. Now, Trump said the other night, as probably a lot of people know by now, I'm afraid they're going to rig the, rig the November election against me. And he said that enough that the New York Times magazine, New York, New York magazine, not New Yorker, but New York, NY magazine or New York magazine, one of the writers named, Ch- I think it was Chait, C-H-I, excuse me, C-H-A-I-T, I think that was how you spelled it. He had, His headline was, Trump finds yet another way to undermine democracy, meaning calling into question in advance the November results. Uh, but, of course, 
It's his crowd, the New York Times and the big networks. They're the ones who have ruined democracy by hiding from the people that we have all of these uh, 99% of our counties are counted on secret software. About 96% of the vote is counted by only uh, three companies now, and they're hiding that from the people. That has not been discussed. Do we want that? Do we not want it? Because the big media, most people have no idea that if you take our 3,141 counties, take about 99% of them, you're going to find that uh, that they're counted by a handful of computer companies. And at least the last time I saw a tally of it, 96% of our USA vote on November election is counted by only three companies, Election System and Software, uh, Dominion, who now bought, bought Diebold, is now Dominion, and Hart. And the American people have never give, been given a chance to discuss this. Do they think it's a good idea that 99% of our counties hire only three mega companies, uh, uh, election vendors? Do they think it's a good idea that these counties, all the election officials, all sign a contract that nobody's allowed to look at the software source code, which is ridiculous? And Americans don't know this, and that's why it is vulnerable. Roger Stone hits it right between the eyes. I couldn't be happier. Uh, whether he got it from our, our website or whether he got it from somebody else, I don't care. He hit it right between the eyes. But he probably Virgin got it Dude, from our maybe, website. Who, uh, I talked to been, a yeah, you, <laughs> you, yeah, you helped to set that up, uh, that we got it through to the former Constitution presidential candidate, Constitution Party, who I voted for, by the way, in Ohio in 2012, and he was also a former congressman. You talked to him face-to-face, and you set up for me to talk to him by phone, and he may have got to Roger Stone uh, the website. Whatever happened, uh, he's got it. He's, now, Trump is saying correctly, we're afraid the November election could be rigged. But when he interviewed that on Hannity last night, he concentrated on voter ID and how all these courts are knocking down the idea like it's illegal uh, for people, for a state to ask for a picture ID uh, for voting, which uh, Trump has brought that up, and he says quite properly, well, what, you just don't have any standards for who walks up and votes, which is ridiculous, but this is what the Democrats have wanted and always want. They always want as much confusion as possible as to who is legally allowed to vote and who isn't. So that's a proper issue to bring up, but we're hoping that Trump works it into his speeches that we're worried about the election vendors and computer fraud and flipping votes against him uh, from him to Hillary. And he also said that Bernie Sanders, it was rigged against Sanders. And I thoroughly believe that they flipped a lot of votes from Sanders to Hillary in many of these states and that Sanders actually won the states because Hillary's a dud. Hillary's a dud. She's probably the worst candidate since 1953 or so when people started, every home started to get televisions. And I contend that this is not necessarily a compliment to Trump or the American people, but I contend that if they switch views, if if Trump said, like, now I'm against the wall and Hillary says, I'm now for the wall, Trump would still win in a fair count because he's an interesting, controversial, funny celebrity, and Hillary is a dud, and people do not like duds. (laughs) They're kind of like what Mike Tyson said, the boxer, the great philosopher Mike Tyson said when he was interviewed by Chris Matthews, on MSNBC, he said, why are you supporting Trump? And Mike Tyson said, Trump, excuse me, Barack Obama, the first black president, Trump, the first interesting president. And and so a lot of people are kind of going to feel that way. They want to change. They're willing to try something new. And so it, it doesn't, in a normal count, fair count, 
Hillary is a dud. Trump is an interesting celebrity. Probably would win. Most people are not putting the amount of brain power that you and I and your guests put into this. And they, it, celebrities are, win. Celebrities are king, pretty much. So anyway, uh, I would like, I just say let's see the ballots. Let's make sure it's a fair count, not how they're doing it now and have been doing it since 1988, where they hide the ballots. You know, they hide the ballots. Nobody sees any ballots till 21 days after election. And of course, with the whole world at stake, not only to say our cities, our counties, our states, and all in the country, the whole world at stake, that's plenty of time to switch the ballots to make the computer count come through. So we want openly counted paper ballots at each precinct before, emphasized before the ballots leave the precinct and counted by hand, not by computer. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are timid to say that because they think, oh, you'll think you're backwards. Actually, the only survey I'm aware that was ever done, Robert, uh, 92% of the people distrust computers and were for going back to a hand count with paper ballots. So the people realize that even with that kind of a count with enough personnel in the open, randomly selected from each precinct, that could be done by 11 or 12 at night. We would get all the results then. And and so what if we, they don't project at 7 or 7.30 or 8? That, what does that matter? The important thing is that we get in office who the people voted for. So if at some point you can cue that Roger Stone thing up, then that'll – give us some things to talk about about that. But it's a very important watershed that a major figure like Roger Stone and even a major, major figure like Trump, who now has had tens of millions of people, the whole country has heard him say, I'm afraid the November election is going to be rigged against me. That at least puts this issue for the first time since mm-hmm. 1988 on the table for discussion. That's a first step. Yeah, certainly. I kind of missed the, uh, the, 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 you know, you kind of remember when you had to get a little pen and you, you push that, uh, that chair through. I missed yeah. I think we should go back well, to that. I mean, really. Well, the only thing that is that you can't really, it's hard for the average person when they look at a ballot later, it, what precinct it was from. It varies from precinct to precinct, the places and their names. And then they ran those through a computer. So, uh, that was uh, that was really the, the the far by far the best system is a paper ballot in English, easily read, marked, and then right as you close at closing time, you have a new fresh group of people, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, who were randomly selected from the neighborhood, that precinct, that little 10 or 12 street area. They come in and they count those paper ballots. You can put a camera overhead, stream it over the internet, have people looking over their shoulder watching as long as they don't, of course, obstruct the count. And then they, the judges and all of them sign off on the thing, post it on the wall. If that happened in all 300,000 precincts in the United States, then we and, and all the neighbors signed off that this was what we just did in public. Everybody was watching everybody else. That is really the way to go because you cannot – even the punch cards, you can't see what's happening in the computer. And uh, uh, even Adam, uh, Adam Osborne, who re- wrote the book Running Wild in 1979, was talking about technology running wild. And he is supposedly the guy that, that was instrumental in bringing into existence the first PC, the first personal computer, or he was on the team that did. He says in that 1970 book, computers are great, which I agree with computers are great. But he said the computer should never be used in an election count because the election account – because people cannot see what's happening in the computer. You need to do votes in the open where people can see what's happening. So even he, the inventor or one of the people that brought the PC into existence in the 70s, even he said for this one thing, counting votes is not a good idea. 
we have uh, Kelly on the line, and we are going to play that audio, uh, but he wants to yeah. go ahead and chime in, and I uh, do see others on there. When you're ready, uh, just push that one on the number dial, and we will get you into the show. Yeah, so let's Robert, go ahead and play Kelly, Kelly, and I'll queue up uh, the me? audio. Okay. And let's go uh, ahead and – Okay, I was going to say that everyone should know as Kelly comes on, and I'm a hard critic on politics. I don't throw around compliments easy. I think Kelly knows it. But he got this thing started with the declaration, and it's taking on a life of its own. We keep meeting more and more people around the country on the call last night. and So so Kelly, is real, Kelly Mordecai has really stirred up a big national resistance. It's still, in this, still snowballing uh, on – this election and the the problems with the dirty tricks at the street level and the uh, the 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 unverified accounts. So I just wanted to compliment Kelly before everybody that this really is taking on a big life. The thing he started here on the declaration for this uh, for this presidential election at WatchTheVoteUSA.com. Uh, and I do have that link uh, up here as well, folks, uh, on uh, the page here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, definitely uh, check that out, uh, whether you're listening live or listening on uh, the archive. That uh, should pop up in a separate uh, browser. But let's go ahead and bring in Kelly, and then we'll play the audio. And then we have other callers uh, who want to chime in, and I'll do some call screening while the audio is going on. But let's go ahead. Uh, well, actually, when Kelly's uh, talking, so I want everybody to be able to hear the audio in its entirely. So let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, doing good. We're finally getting cooler weather up here in Northern California. It's been really nasty, hundreds plus degrees, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I, I um, today I submitted a, uh, a complaint to uh, the civil grand jury of our county, and with that was 47 pages, um, and that's from the Watch the Vote. Um, it was a report we put together, um, and there's a lot of uh, declarations comments that people had I've been through it before on the phone and what we were seeing in California is people show up to polls and oh they're not on the roster and this one guy got so upset the police had to get called in I said well if I'm not on the roster then why did I you're saying I'm not registered to vote and they said, well that's correct and why do I have a sample ballot mailed to me with my name on it what um, they're getting put into other parties um, mail-in voters are not getting their ballots. If they show up at the polls, as a poll voter, um, they've been flipped to a mail-in voter. One guy wrote on his declaration that he checked his registration because he heard about the flip going on in New York and Arizona, um, nullifying, I think it was in the Bronx or Brooklyn, 120,000 people got pushed. It was 140,000 got pushed off the voter rolls. Uh, same happened in San Diego County, by the way. Just Let's just get rid of these people. They might vote for Bernie Sanders. Um, and so one guy, on election day, he was still registered to vote. Everything was fine. He went and he voted. Everything was fine. The next day he looks up, and he was looks up his registration, and he was no longer registered. Had he become unregistered the day after the election? Well, the way they would count the votes, suppose he voted for Bernie Sanders, and they check it in with the computer. Whoops, kick it out. That vote didn't count. Um, all sorts of trickery that's mind-blowing. And as Jim was just saying, and thanks for the compliments, Jim. Um, Jim dragged me into this years ago, and he's, he's got a, a way about him that can suck you in 
more than you want to get and more you, you ever want to know. Um, and so it's great that he's been on this in 79, and here we are. We're still going out and doing something um, again. And uh, so if we can expose this to the public, hopefully grand juries will come out. A number of people are doing this in several counties in California. And say, look, these machines have been getting hacked. San Diego is probably the worst. Even the um, registrar's officer, we don't understand why people keep showing up and they're not registered. We don't know what's going on. Well, computer hackers are getting in and playing these games. So, and from our calls, too, um, people are reporting throughout California that, that, you know, the Bernie Sanders rallies in Berkeley, you know, like 17,000 or 20,000 people. Another rally over here, another 10, 20, 30,000 people packing auditoriums and stadiums and these small stadiums, what have you. And, oh, yeah, and, and David in the chat was mentioning uh, uh, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, uh, a rally there. Uh, maybe uh, David in the chat, uh, or if you call in at 347-945-7428, you can kind of give us an idea how many uh, were in that crowd. Go ahead, Kelly. So you've got um, Bernie's massive rallies, and then you've got Hillary who can hardly fill a Starbucks. You've got other other reports where there's yard signs everywhere for Bernie Sanders and bumper stickers galore. And then you got, where where are they for Hillary? You know, they might see one in a big town. They don't really see yard signs. They ask around. They don't know anybody who's voting for Hillary. And all of a sudden she wins. You know, it's it's so obvious for those of us who have had trained eyes in election fraud, it's so obvious to us. The question is how do you prove it? How do you prove it? Um, so that's what we've been working on. It's on on online basically check the box declaration fill in comments and from the report we filed we had 140 we probably up to 150 now declarations 25 counties participating 90 percent of the declarants stated they didn't trust the california election system 82 percent of them um were so upset that they added comments um you know i'm generalizing but we're seeing it all over what I explained earlier, you show up, you're not a registered to vote. What in the world happened? One guy, he's like, well, I want to see the chain of, that chain of custody because I've been a registered Democrat for 30 years, and where's the chain of custody that I was switched out of my party? Well, sir, there is none if they hack it with the computer. There is no paper trail. And so it's what we're also seeing is people are isolated, if you will, and in, 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 as an individual experience, they go to the polls, what, I'm not on the roster, oh, here, you can vote provisional. Uh, probably didn't count. And they were placated, like, oh, I feel better now. Or if they got their party flipped, um, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I, this was unique. The poll workers kind of placate them. Oh, yeah, your vote will count. However, they got mistrained. That's another problem. Poll workers getting mistrained. And so people are going home, like, well, that was just a very unique thing. Like, I guess I'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Um, and, and they feel so weird about it that they dare not open their mouth because then they're going to be accused of wearing a tinfoil hat. Um, so they're isolated. And we were hoping for a lot more um, declarations than what we had received. But I think that isolation was well-designed, well-designed so they can get away with it. Because as long as people don't talk about it, as long as people don't get together, as long as they just, um, oh, well, it's just government uh, – inefficiency and government blundering. Oh, well, I'm just one person. It doesn't matter. As long as they can keep people shut up, then they'll stay in isolation and things won't change. So we're 
we're breaking that isolation. One lady I talked to personally, she about started crying because I asked her, do you feel isolated? And she said, my gosh, yes. Uh, you know, I could hear her, her voice quivering, and, and she told me I about started crying because I felt so isolated. So whoever designed this strategy uh, with computer hacking, um, they designed it very well because they had to get away with it. And so that's, that's you know, we did a 35-page report. There's two other reports. One is 100 pages from um, Election Justice. They are nationwide. We just did California. And then uh, Summer Rose is a paralegal for Cliff Arnebeck. Cliff Arnebeck is an attorney doing a RICO suit about the election fraud. She did one. Summer Rose did one. It's about 40, 45 pages long. Ours ended up being 35. So, yeah, it's it's just really mind-blowing and how uh, subtle and sneaky, uh, wrought with confusion and mistraining of poll workers and placating the voters. And it just but just common sense tells you Hillary did not win California. And that, that's what we're getting from so many uh, of our calls and our declarations. So we're, we're trying to do something here. we got a great crew, and eventually we're going to ask for <clears throat> more volunteers and other things because we, we just can't do this alone. So that's about it for now. And two things. Uh, one is uh, get some chat going on. Uh, with uh, Carolyn and David in the chat here. Uh, and David was referring to, we're going to play the audio, and then we're going to get Vincent in uh, to the show. Uh, Carolyn uh, was, uh, sounds like she's getting a little nervous about uh, Trump losing ground. Uh, you know, states uh, was on a high with the ratings, and just in the last day or two, the media is reporting, you know, otherwise with his, his ratings. And then uh, David's talked about the, Amount of people in the uh, at the rally. So Trump had 12,000 people there, but the fire marshal only allowed a thousand uh, inside because Hillary had a rally a week earlier with only 900 people. And it sounds like that's something uh, that Carolyn has heard as well uh, of that happening. And so the fire marshal was a Democrat, and they wanted to prevent a side-by-side comparison by photo. Trump called the fire marshal out on his decision. And David uh, supplied me a YouTube link, and I appreciate that, uh, David. And what I'll do is I'll put that on the uh, Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, Facebook page as well as, and I haven't talked about this a lot, uh, but there is also a Bard's Logic Political Talk group. Uh, so if uh, folks want to join that, uh, you're more than welcome to send a request, and I'll get you to the group. I haven't talked uh, about that much, uh, to be honest. I haven't done a lot with it, but hopefully that'll change in the future. So I'll, I'll have that link posted as well as Carolyn gave a link. I'll put that on those as well uh, about uh, election fraud. And so yeah, keep those uh, chats coming, uh, folks, and then we'll uh, get those into the show. But first, let's go ahead and play that audio. It's about four minutes long that uh, we were referring to. And then we're going to get Vincent in, and then after Vincent, we will get Susan in. So first, let's go ahead, and I'm going to mute the mics. Uh, while we listen to that audio. I think your audience knows, I think we all know, that in this day and age, a computer can do anything. These voter machines are essentially a computer. Who is to say they could not be rigged? Of course they can. Now, you ask me why the Republicans don't do it. Quite sadly, I think they do. That's why I briefly had to leave the Republican Party and become a libertarian. 
I have no doubt that after the last election, when Karl Rove, who was uh, George Bush's campaign manager and uh, a Romney partisan, insisted that, no, no, it ha- your numbers have to be wrong, he said on Fox. Romney will definitely carry Ohio. The reason he was so certain is because it was bought and paid for. He knew the fix was supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I can only conclude that sometimes things don't stay bought. And perhaps Obama came in with a better offer. But yes, we do have widespread this stuff voters. is going to horrify most voters. I mean, this is amazing. Well, I think that there's a mathematician named Richard Charnin. He's a very eccentric fellow. Last time I met him, he was wearing a ski jacket in 90-degree weather. He's one of those. (laughs) He's also brilliant. He's a retired mathematician, and he's a genius. He's written an extensive monograph on how every election in the state of Wisconsin in the last decade has been stolen. And you figure this out by comparing the polling on a district-by-district basis to the results And then you'll find a swing that is just mathematically impossible. In other words, if you were losing a given precinct by, uh, you know, four points, and then you win it by 12, such a swing is unlikely to say the least. So what does this swing, do they typically move in one direction? Oh, yeah. The elections are are rigged for one entity or the other. So who are the perpetrators? The perpetrators are the people who manufacture and sell these machines. The most common electronic voting machine, which is really just a computer, uh, is a company called Diebold. Diebold's top executives and the owners of the company are major donors to the Bushes. Is this a major factor on how George W. Bush quite improbably beat John Kerry? An election that, in all truth, on paper, Kerry should have won and Bush should have lost. So to bring it to the current time, I think we have widespread voter fraud. The first thing that Trump needs to do is begin talking about it constantly. It's inoculation, if you will. He needs to say, for example, today would be a perfect example, I am leading in Florida. The polls all show it. If I lose Florida, we will know that there's voter fraud. If there's voter fraud, this election will be illegitimate, The election of the winner will be illegitimate. We will have a constitutional crisis. We will have widespread civil disobedience. And the government will no longer be the government. If we can't have an honest election, nothing else counts. I think he's got to put them on notice that their inauguration will be a rhetorical, and when I mean civil disobedience, not violence, but it will be a bloodbath. The government will be literally shut down if they attempt to steal this and swear Hillary in. No, we will not stand for it. We will not stand for it. So, um, I mean, the dream here, the, the ultimate, I mean, the ideal is that he wins by such a significant margin nationally that this is unnecessary. But it's, it's interesting to hear you say this, and it's, it's funny also because Trump will go there. He will go to the places other politicians won't. And he's probably the only person to run for president in the last 50 years who would dare to do this and might even get away with it. It's remarkable, isn't it, how he's just sort of re-injected reality into politics. So let's go ahead and get reaction uh, from folks. Uh, we'll get it from yourself, Jim, and, of course, uh, you as well, Kelly. 
Uh, but first, let's go ahead and uh, bring in uh, Vincent. Uh, thank you very much, Vincent, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And both uh, Jim and Kelly have got your mics open, but let's go ahead and welcome Vincent. Thank you very much for coming to the show. Well, where are you calling from, Vincent? I'm calling from Brooklyn. How are you tonight? Great, great. Thank you very much for calling to the show. What's on your mind tonight? All righty. So, uh, so let's, uh, that was a great segue. I can, I can start with uh, computers. Now, uh, you know, computers can be programmed, and that's, and, and that's a really big problem. Our old voting machines were just machines. You would go in, you would put your votes in, and they would be, and they would be counted. It was, you know, you couldn't cheat that. You can cheat it now with computers because just like you say, it's a black box. We never should have allowed uh, computers with, with secret source code to ever be used in, in elections. It's just ridiculous, you know? So um, now also I have, a, I have a Facebook page. It's, uh, it's uh, DT Third Party. And what I, just, I just post all kinds of stuff. I also get uh, Trump feeds and u- unique, unique uh, URLs that no one else really posts. But uh, I, I, called it, I called it first that Donald Trump to run as a third-party candidate because it's my belief that if he ran as a third-party candidate, he would crush both parties and would win in the landslide. I would actually predict, I, I'm even going to predict what he's going to win by if they don't cheat the vote. He's going to win by 69% of the American vote. He's absolutely that popular. I can tell that just from the postings uh, all over the place. It's, it's amazing, actually. So, um, yes, please, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, Robert, this Go is ahead, Jim, uh, Jim, and then Kelly, and then we're going to bring in Susan. And then Cindy uh, Todd, uh, she wasn't able to call in tonight, but uh, she did send me uh, some posts and some articles uh, through Facebook, and I'll be uh, reading through those. Uh, so let's go ahead okay. and bring it back to you, Jim, and then Kelly, then we'll get Susan in, and then uh, we'll get to those uh, those articles. Uh, go ahead, Jim. Well, I, no, I just endorse a thousand percent what Vincent said, and Here's a he's, Vincent's obviously a strong, articulate voice. Uh, uh, I, I do agree. Uh, you know, I I am. I, I don't want to say I know for sure that Trump will remain strong because there's a lot of pressures. But if he does remain strong and follows through on half of what he's saying, uh, he's a, he's a far better bet uh, by you know it's really it's just night and day literally or uh, good and evil. As far as I'm concerned, between Hillary, mm-hmm. uh, Hillary. Although I, you know, again, I I know that there's I even everyone I disagrees with everybody on something. I disagree with Trump on a few things, but what uh, I also believe that what Vincent said is not only true about the voting machines. It's just absurd. It couldn't be more preposterous that we have software that the election officials can't look at. They're actually absolutely actually violating. Their oath of office. The only reason the election officials exist is to make sure that we get the winners in public published that the people actually voted for. So they're actually running illegal elections according to two Supreme Court decisions. Uh, and we're, we actually, thanks to Jeff Liberty, who's on our Watch the Vote board, we got the actual quotes from the Supreme Court decisions we're going to put up on open letter to DonaldTrump.com. But I, you know, I was at a, a cookout the other night. Uh, Sunday night, uh, and with a few, a friend and a few people that I didn't know, and we're, there was about seven of us left. And I said, "You can don't take the Fifth Amendment on this, but what? Who are you going to vote for between Trump and Hillary?" And we went around. All seven people said Trump, 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 Trump. This is what 
they went, you know, these are anecdotal, but you, somebody went into a bar in New Jersey, I think. I can't remember who it was now. They said, uh, well, who's everybody voting for? And everybody in the place raised their glass and said Trump, and it was about 30 or 40 people. And I know the young people I know who are between 20 and 25, they're all voting for Trump that I know. So, so the, the, this is why we got to say we want to see the ballots. We don't want secret counts. I'll comment as we go further. Uh, I want to give Kelly a chance here and the others, uh, Robert. But there are so many things that, uh, that uh, Roger Stone said in that four minutes that you thankfully played that are critical. When I want to just comment on one right now. You'll notice he said who – fixes the who can fix the vote it's the the people that run the machines and he cited diebold as the most notorious which is now bought by dominion and yeah there can be hacks in from the outside from a campaign or some kid just having trying to have some unwholesome fun but the main investigation we need is into these three companies that count 96 percent of the american vote and make the election officials sign that they won't look at their software and so Stone hit that properly in his thing, that that is the main suspects in uh, flipping the vote. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll let, uh, let, let me let Kelly and the others get in here. Okay, but first, before Kelly uh, chimes in and Susan, I just want to let uh, the newcomers uh, know that you're welcome to stay on the line as long as you like. Uh, we do here have what we call our roundtable discussion which I do in my best of my ability is to give as, as much people uh, as equal time as possible, as much as they would like. Uh, so that's it. Uh, you are welcome uh, to stay on the line. And if you have other comments uh, or want to say anything else about, you know, any topics we talk about tonight, you're welcome to stay. Uh, we actually would prefer that you did if you could. Uh, so we really appreciate that to uh, be a part of our show. And so we'll, we will bring things back around to you. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to Kelly and then we'll bring in Susan. And then uh, we'll uh, continue from there. And I've got some articles, as I said, from singing as well as uh, some more chat going on. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Then we'll get in, Susan. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I want to discuss some of these court cases um, from the U.S. Supreme Court. One's uh, U.S. versus Mosley, 1915. Um, it said, we regard it as equally un and unquestionable that the right to have one's vote counted is as open to protection by Congress as right to put a ballot in a box. So obviously ballot in a box, that means you voted, but to have it counted is equally important. Um, also talks about an entrenchment of that personal right uh, as to somehow exclude the voter from the polling place. Oh, that's what they did in California by kicking people, and New York, by the way. They weren't on the, on the roster when they went to the polling place. Anyway, okay, an entrenchment of that personal right as to exclude the voter from the polling place. The case affirms that the elector's right is intended to be protected is not only that to cast his ballot, but to but to have it honestly counted. Um, Westbury versus Sanders says some other good things, and there's some commentary too from this that um, basically um, another one is we have agreed that the right to vote and the right to have one's vote counted. Uh, must be clearly done. Um, and so when you have these black boxes, electronic machines, you, you're subject to all this. And the, uh, you know, so now they, they went a step further from 12 in 2012. Um, they just hacked into the registration database. And, you know, it, they are violating Supreme Court cases. What we've discovered from Watch the Vote and it's very frustrating. 
It's just how do you prove it? That's the hard part of it. How do you prove it? Um, I, I met with Grand Jury Foreman just before the show here in, in Siskiyou County. And, uh, you know, I already mailed, mailed it to the yeah, field box. Real, real quick, Kelly, there's some kind of background noise going on, some kind of boink, 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 boink. So if we can limit that, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, even if, if you have to, like, mute your uh, phone or mic, whatever you're calling in on. Uh, and then when, when we have you uh, come back in, uh, you can unmute that. So go ahead, Kelly. Thank you. Oh, well, that was NSA Bob. He's playing some kind of game on his desk. Um, that's, a, that's a joke. All right, anyway. <laughs> there you go. Hey, NSA Bob, how you doing? Uh, come, come to the light side. Uh, all right, anyway. So, yeah, we, we see it going on. How do you prove it? It's really, really hard. How do we get um, to a, a system? Well, it would be nice to have poll counters. That was what Tony brought up yesterday on the conference call. Is Why don't we have a different set of people come in uh, at the end of the uh, – when the polls close and they count the ballots? Well, it's interesting that poll workers, they start out at about 7 in the morning, work till 8. Are we expecting them people to stay from 8 till midnight to count their precincts? I mean, a, a second shift would be really nice because you have people that aren't so tired and they have the energy and they care about the honest election. That's the question is, why aren't we doing that? Instead, um, after the exhausted poll workers, after they go home, the ballots get put into a truck and they go to the election clerk's office and they get scanned. And who knows if that truck is replaced with another truck of ballots. I mean, there's so many ways to cause all sorts of mayhem and cause a candidate to win. It's, it's, it's disgusting. But I did want to mention to Vincent, um, you might want to join up with us. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, Watch the Vote, and also our website, watchthevoteusa.com. You can email us at watchthevote2016 at gmail.com because we're we're looking for um, a, a bigger national effort for the general election, whereas in the best-case scenario, and the grand jury does, this, does have this power, like in numerous court cases, um, but we would love to see uh, the grand jury show up at the polls about 1 o'clock. You know, say they open at 7 or 8, but 1 o'clock the grand jury shows up, Committees of three or four, and they grab belts to start counting. What's that going to do? Well, obviously, anybody that wants to cheat inside, they're done cheating. Secondly, they only need to count five to ten percent to have a very good, um, about a ninety percent confidence level statistically. So the work isn't that hard to do. But you can imagine the ripple effects. The ripple effects are: um, a grand jury shows up with a subpoena. And the poll worker calls up the election clerk. The election clerk, who might be in on it, is all of a sudden they're needing a fresh change of underwear. And then they call the Secretary of State and say, hey, Grand Jury walked into our polls and they're counting ballots. The Secretary of State like, what? Now I need a fresh change of underwear. So this is possible. It can be done. And it's something that would send a shot across the bow before the uh, votes are certified that, hey, we smell a rat, and we're calling you on it. And at that point, when it's real simple. Oh, how the how the rats will scurry when the lights are turned on. Um, so that that's Vincent. Why we we look for your help uh, from New York, and we can help you get uh, a petition to a grand jury to request this action. Another yeah, state, another state, Ohio. Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You absolutely Go have ahead. my help. Don't worry about that. Um, uh, Vincent, Vincent, you could also, I, we would like you to come on our uh, conference call where you get a lot of pe- good people around, leaders around the country at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. That's on watchthevoteusa.com. You can get the conference call number in the pin. That's 10 p.m. Tuesday night. We did it last night. We're doing it next week because we're keeping this going. So p- please come on and tell us what you've been up to next Tuesday or the Tuesday after that if you got the time. Absolutely. Sounds great. I just want, I want to mention real quickly because I forgot to mention, uh, James O'Keefe busted that Mary Gruber lady advocating gun control uh, on the fly and referring to their imported voter base as taco balls. And, it, I, and, and I haven't seen a bloody hint of it on the news. They're just hiding it. You know, they did that DNC thing, and it was uh, it was like in it was like in um, Alice in Wonderland. It was it wasn't reality. It was just right. amazing. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and that goes the, the the big story of the Democratic convention. Uh, Robert and Vincent and Kelly should have been the 300 people, the delegates, 300 delegates that walked out when the convention acclaimed Hillary the unanimous winner. That was the biggest walkout since Hubert Humphrey's civil rights speech in 1948 at the Democratic Convention. That was a historic walkout, but you'd think from watching the five TV networks that everybody at the play in, in, in Philadelphia was crying with and weeping with joy that Hillary Clinton was the first woman nominated. In fact, there was massive opposition. <laughs> yeah. Several people chanted down. So it was, as you say, it was a Disneyland television unreality hiding the reality of the real Americans there trying to stand up for the everyday people. Incredible. But just wait. I think November 8th is going to be it's going to be a wake up call for for these idiots. So uh, I'm I'm going to get off the line so you can you know, have it clear. And thank you very much. You fantastic show. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Okay. Great. Sounds good. Uh, you're always welcome to come back to the show. So let's go ahead and uh, let's see what's going on in the chat here. Uh, well, you know what? We'll, we'll get to that just uh, but I, because I don't want to keep uh, Susan waiting. She also sent me uh, an article. And uh, give, give us a little bit of uh, – Vincent, drop. give us a little background on that. Uh, so uh, thank you very much, uh, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Ah, fine. I have some interesting things besides what I sent you. Did you know that Mr. Khan, remember they're having all those troubles because Trump is going after Mr. Khan, who talked about his son and all that. Uh, He's an immigration lawyer and handles Muslim clients. And the list has been made unavailable to the public by none of the State Department under Hillary's tenure. Uh, his past, he was a co-founder of a Muslim organization and recruited by literature for jihadists in Malaysia and was associated to a married couple by the name Abedin. Sound familiar? Well, Puma Abedin is a senior advisor to Hillary Clinton, and we are all been, I think, pretty sure that Hillary and her are having a, a fun time. <clears throat> uh, her parents are both card-carrying members of the Muslim Brotherhood with ties to the Saudi royal family who has given millions to the Clinton Foundation and her campaign. Of course, the Saudi royal family has money invested in Fox News. Boy, oh boy. The ties just don't stop. Um, Now, um, I have another little ditty here um, from... 
I'm trying to find it at the moment. Um, the, uh, uh, what was his name? Stalin. Um, oh, boy. It slid down on me, and um, he made a comment uh, that I think we have to remember. Oh, here it is. Your vote does not count. Don knew that when he said the people who cast the votes decide nothing. The people who count the votes decide everything. So I think when you are thinking about Trump and all these other things, remember this. Remember this. You can ring the machine. You can do whatever you want. It's the people that count the votes, whether it's the computer or whether it's paper, whatever. And um, we also need to remember about the young man um, that the Obama insider murder exposed, that young man that you said when he was shot in the back. I'm telling you, she's responsible for that too. And it'll never be solved. It'll never be solved because they won't want it to be. It's... um, he he knew things. If you know things, you might as well say goodbye because they'll blackmail you, they'll do anything, they'll murder you, whatever. And I don't know how this election is going to turn out. I really don't because it's all a mess. Uh, but last night I said goodnight to people in the group where I've been typing. And I don't know how many of you have heard about Venezuela's situation. I expect everybody. Um but it's not just the people in the food situation. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of animals that are dying in the zoo from starvation, Vietnamese pigs, and uh, lions are being given pumpkins, and elephants are being given fruit stuff. stuff it's, uh, they're not getting the proper nutrition. And um, I said, sweet dreams of power-hungry politicians being thrown to the hungry animals in Venezuela zoos. I'm failing to be nice, I suppose. And John said, nice? No, funny, yes. Good night. (laughs) And seriously, I would love to see that happen. I would love to see the corrupt politicians thrown to those animals. I I, I don't care. I don't care if somebody gets upset with me. I'm tired of it. I am so tired of it. (laughs) So there you go. And I'll definitely look at those. uh, I'll definitely look at those, Susan. Uh, I've got a, a whole slew of articles and stuff being sent over to me now uh, for me to post and look at, read, which I appreciate the folks sending those to me. Uh, but back to uh, here with the chat is, I don't know if I could scroll up. Hopefully I could get it, uh, get it all. It says, this is from David. It says, I've heard that the election machines and Kelly and – Okay, I'm reading that again. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, Kelly and Jim, if you, if you want to make comment on that. Oh, I have to scroll back up because they're still chatting. So I've heard that the election machine do not produce paper reports, and they definitely do not give a voter any kind of receipt. Ooh, that's a good idea. Uh, would it be interested that anyone knows about an audit trail for reporting? Well, okay. you know, Dibble and Go ahead. Yeah, Robert, you have in certain states like South Carolina no paper trail. You press, you're like like at McDonald's when you order a Big Mac, the 
the uh, waiter or the clerk punches the screen. and But you do get a receipt of what you bought, right? And in South Carolina, it's a bleep of energy going through the wires. Supposedly, there's no paper trail. That's not the only place, but it's one of the most famous places. No paper trail, and there's no way to do a recount. That is so absurd. It's illegal by South Carolina state law. We got a YouTube up in uh, 2007 called uh, South Carolina Super Tuesday and Ron Paul. It's a 10-minute thing on YouTube about it's illegal according to state law and according to the Supreme Court decisions that Kelly read, okay? So uh, he read one of those quotes, which are fantastic. I'm glad you have those at your fingertips, Kelly, because I don't right now. Um, the, the point is, though, is that it not, is not enough. I just want to make this point. It's not enough to have an audit trail. Once the ballots disappear from the public site, it is a problem. We don't know if they switched the ballots or not or altered the ballots, and that's what that Supreme Court decision uh, that, that I think that Kelly just read, if not, it's one of them, says there can be no alteration of the ballots. So the ballots have to be counted right at closing time in public before, underline, before the paper ballots leave the public site. Both of those must be present. Almost every other organization uh, that I hear talk about this, with the exception of uh, Black Box Voting and Bev Harris, gets it wrong and says, if we have an audit, if we have a paper trail for the recount later. No, no, not later. We want to count those ballots before the ballots leave the precinct, counted by the neighborhood people. That's your best chance. And then the chain of custody is not broken. Every cook wants to take the ballots away so you can't see them, so that they can alter the ballots and win. And remember how much power is at stake, not only in the city, the state, and the world. So uh, I, I just wanted to, yeah, we would like a receipt for voters, would like a paper trail. We also want those ballots counted before they leave the public site. Yeah, and, uh, and, and David pointed out with something uh, you guys uh, said earlier about uh, who's it, it's only important who counts the votes. But he points out the state that Stalin uh, said that it's not important who votes. It's only important who counts the votes. Oh, absolutely. You know, I want to tell you about some really good news on the uh, election integrity front. It's Humboldt County, California. They're northwest corner there on the ocean. And uh, um, some, someone called them granola heads or, you know, nature lovers, whatever. But they got it right. They absolutely got it right. So, you know, what's beautiful about Watch the Boat, what we're seeing is people from left to right, the middle, the upside down, we're all coming together because we want the will the American people respected. It's a beautiful coming together. Well, what they did in Humboldt County is they have a transparency project. I know this because I talked to the, the founder of the movement there. And what they do is they bring in private scanners. Um, they, they work with the, the register of voters there and to, so the register would, would allow this to happen. Well, so a bunch of people come in with private personal scanners, you know, pick them up at Office Depot or what have you, and they scan all the ballots the night of the election. And then they turn uh, these images into a, a DVD, and you can go get the DVD, and you can do a recount yourself. It is about impossible to cheat in Humboldt County because of the transparency project. The guy's name was Kevin, a really good guy, but he got this together. Well, um, how did Bernie Sanders do in Humboldt County? He creamed Hillary Clinton by 33 points. Just creamed her. And there's four in North, North, uh, Northern California counties 
I'm in Siskiyou on the Oregon border. Below us is Shasta, then to the west is Trinity, and then you go over to Humboldt. And these four counties, um, the lowest wind was 7%, 7 or 8% uh, Bernie over Hillary. And uh, I think in Siskiyou County we were at 20-some, 25 27%, and then Trinity was in between. So in the north state, these four counties, these four counties, by the way, would be bigger than Massachusetts, uh, totally creamed, Bernie Sanders totally creamed Hillary. Um, and, and if you know, if you've been in election and integrity movements, what you find out real quick is where they want to cheat. Well, where do you want to cheat? You don't want to cheat in small counties or small populations or small precincts. Why? It's high risk, low reward. Uh, people can start asking questions. Everybody knows everybody kind of stuff. You know, if you're in Mississippi, your last name is Johnson or Smith, and you know, you're married your cousin kind of stuff. But in small towns, people know everybody, so it's high risk, low reward. Where the election fraud is going to happen is in large counties like Los Angeles and San Diego because it's low risk and high reward. And that's what we saw. We had um, 40, I think it was 44 declarations from L.A. County. That's the most populated county, I think, in the whole country, at least if not the state. San Diego is number two. Problems galore there. And so, yeah, 40, 42 uh, declarations and all the problems. And, uh, several L.A. people have called in on our conference calls, and they had the most – uh, provisionals, provisional all over the place. And of course, uh, other counties, there were stories that there, there's a thing called NPP, nonpartisan party, where you don't, when, when you sign up, you you don't say you're Republican, Democrat, anything, you just sign up as client to state. So they throw you into NPP. NPP, when you get your ballot, doesn't have a presidential candidate. Why do you vote for president then? Well, you have to ask in California for a Democratic, an American independent, or a libertarian ballot, and they give it to you. By state law, they have to give it to you. In some counties, uh, that Santa Clara, that's um, near San Jose, south of San Francisco, they were having um, uh, people just weren't getting the ballots. We want a Democratic crossover ballot. I'm an NPP. I want that ballot. I want to vote for president. They weren't giving them to them. Let's just say a precise exact word. In Monterey County, one declarant stated that um, they asked a poll worker, well, how do you give NPP Democratic ballots? Oh, they don't get one. What? No, we're not giving them one. <laughs> they were just, sorry, you're not going to vote for president because we say so, and they actually committed a crime. So it, the problems are, I, I don't even have enough time to explain all of them. Um, so one, um, Arnebeck or Petrakis, I think both of them, anyway, one of these attorneys that's on top of this, filing suits, et cetera, et cetera, um, they stated of California and uh, the Hillary campaign, it wasn't it wasn't just election fraud; it was a coup d'état. It was that bad. Um, so this is really um, that's why we want volunteers, people to sign up and watch the vote either through the Facebook page or watch the vote USA. Uh, we just need volunteers. And Jim, remind you on our next conference call, we get to ask for more volunteers because what we have coming at us for the general, we have got to get more volunteers. Right, right. And this is uh, what uh, Cindy Todd sent me. I don't know if, uh, Cindy, if you're still out there, send me a uh, message. Let me know you're still with us here uh, listening and, and on the show. It says, uh, 
I'll, I just going to read it because she sent it to me, and I told her I would. Uh, it says, phony GOP endorsements going around. It's the top of the hour, so we can go on a, a, a different topic for a little bit and then bring it back around. And then it says, phony GOP endorsements going around Flagler on a red, white, and blue flyer, a mailer and radio ads. These are from the PAC on the other side of the state. These are not for the Republican Party of Florida. We have some rather corrupt local politicians here, and somebody high up with lots of money is running. False school don't too fast. False ads on the radio and the mail and the newspaper flyers endorsing GOP local candidates and the flyer looks rather official. It is not. Many of those listed on the flyer are not even eligible to run. Uh, many only just joined the Republican Party, making them ineligible. They are trying to unseat many on that ballot. It says none of our local candidates are being officially endorsed by the state party in this primary election. It is not uh, – honestly, I'm reading this. I don't know where what this is. This is for – I think it's just something that she, she, she put out for folks um, for that. So this is if uh, you are uh, in Florida. So this is for our Florida listeners. Okay, that's what she wanted me to read this out there. It says, uh, none of our local candidates is being endorsed officially or officially endorsed by the state party in this primary election. It is not party of policy to endorse for these positions. What you are seeing is a false advertisement campaign uh, made to look as if it is legitimate from the RPOF. It is not. And it goes, again, this is in the paper as a flyer in the mail as a flyer and on the radio. These candidates are not endorsed by the state or local party. I guess this is an alert of sorts. It says, this only ballot you should trust is the one which comes in the mail to all registered voters from the supervisor of elections office and in a tan flyer listing all candidates. And again, none are endorsed. Why am I concerned? Because they are trying to wipe out our Republican executive committee here. All committee members must run for re-election as well as all who wish to join. Somebody is attempting to make it look like these people are endorsed. They are not. All candidates running are not listed on that uh, PAC or PAC ballot. They are trying to fool you by sending something which appears official and it's not. If the only way you can be elected is to deceive the voters, the voters have the right to know uh, who you are and why they should not support you. Someone is spending thousands here trying to deceive the voters. The flyer is from a pack on the other side of Florida. There's nothing illegal about what they are doing, but it's not from the state party. The state party does not endorse a pri- endorse in a primary. It goes on. Okay. Still, be honest, I'm still trying to understand where this came from. That's why I wish the city was able to call in to give us uh, you know, more information on that. Uh, so I'll wait to see if she can call in and give me more more details. I hate to – and maybe she, she sent me a text up. I'll give that too. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to, to you folks. And I do see a caller possibly even from Washington, D.C., which would be interesting, and some other callers. Uh, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you into the show. Uh, so, but uh, first, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journals. Well, well we're going to hear from the Patriot Journals Network. Then we'll have uh, the person from the 202 area code uh, into the show. But first, uh, definitely check out the Patriot Journals Network. 
You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And that is www.PatriotJournalist.com. Definitely check it out. And so uh, I did do a call screening on this, and we're just going to kind of wing it. Uh, area code 202, uh, thank you for calling to the show. Uh, can you give us a name, and uh, what's on your mind? Hey, this is David Zadick reporting in from Washington, oh, great, D.C. David. Hey, uh, could some of our experts on the uh, in the uh, audience or the, uh, the control room there, could you educate everybody on the following? Um, what – why is it that, for example, the Trump campaign just couldn't have observers permitted in every precinct and have them coached to have them uh, teach them what to watch for and to immediately be able to report any kind of any kind of uh, exceptional situations? Could you just kind of tell us logistically what would be required to be able to do something like that? Are they doing something like that, and is that the answer? as you mentioned, to try to control the process at the precinct level before it leaves the precinct to where they, they could at least um, uncover any drastic uh, variance in voting from what should be expected. Okay, uh, Robert, let me – this is Jim Condon, Jr. in Cincinnati. Let me comment on that. First of all, the, observer, yeah, the observers could watch to make sure that only people that were legally allowed to vote were voting, that the poll workers are not deceiving the voters, as happened in California when you had to actually use, a in effect, a secret code phrase, I think it was Democratic replacement ballot, to get a Democratic ballot that would count. You know, most people vote every year, every two years, maybe every four years. They don't come to the polls planning to play a game of mental chess with the poll workers. They seem feel that, you know, in our country, if you ask, for, if you're allowed to ask for a ballot and you ask for it, you're going to get it and they're going to help you, not fool you. But as far as what you said, this is how diabolical from a standpoint of democracy in our country, in our republic, as this thing is. Trump and anyone could have watchers in every poll, okay, except for five counties in New Hampshire and all the other 3,136 counties. There's nothing to watch. There's nothing to watch. The These vendors are protected by the five TV networks and with the assent of the Republican and National Democratic National Committees, they take your ballots. I mean, think about where you vote. If you're in Ohio like me, you vote. You Then they say put your vote in that machine. It's like a little metal ATM safe machine. You put it in, and then that is taken downtown. They run it behind police guards through the computers. And nobody ever sees a ballot. Nobody in California actually saw a ballot uh, on Election Day that wasn't run through the scanners. They were all run through the scanners. So we're taking the results on blind faith. So there's nothing to watch. That's how bad it is. And remember, the election board exists for only one reason. We don't have to prove that their voter is wrong, which Kelly said it's almost impossible to do and everything's secret. But 
we they have to prove to us that their vote that they're publishing is right. That's the only reason they exist is to help the voters vote, not not stop people from voting or stop the stop the ballot box. They, their only purpose is to help the voters vote a and b uh, make sure that they publish the count, the truly honest count that the voters voted. So this is what we've been screaming about for many decades. We need the whole system. The right, the computer's thrown out, and we count those ballots at the precinct before the ballots leave the public site. Now, in this election, and, and with 98 days left, there's, I yes, if, if if all these counties weren't responding to crooked forces, they could throw the computers out, print paper ballots, and do it right. They still have time to do it. But if they were, they're going to use these secret counts. The Trump campaign needs to demand that they uh, needs to warn that the, the election could be rigged. They need to threaten all these secretary of states with lawsuits. And this is what is so powerful about the grand jury. At some point, some grand jury, if we keep pursuing this, is going to indict an election official for, for running an election that we, that, that we don't know if the count is accurate or not. That's what they should be indicted for. Your local secretaries of state in the state and your local county uh, boards of election officials should be indicted for running an election that 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 is we don't know. With the Supreme Court said we have a right to know. We do not know whether our vote was counted accurately or not. So, Trump having observers at every precinct would mean nothing because of the tricks that have been pulled on us by the RNC and the DNC, telling all their Republicans and Democrats that they, the Republicans and Democrats control every county. Okay, they control every county. They've been told them, no, go ahead and hire these big companies. They'll do a great job. Then you got the three companies who need to be investigated and thrown out of the system. And then you got the five TV networks and their uh, their jointly owned organization, National Election Pool, that announces the results to the networks from the companies. They are the ones that need to be investigated and really thrown out of the system. So, no, it's very bad. It's very bad. If Trump doesn't beat this drum and Roger Stone or everybody else, uh, then then I think they may be afraid to cheat him. But if not, they can cheat him, and there's nothing we can do about it under the current system. Uh, Kelly, here. I know that's not I know that's not good Kelly? news, but that is the facts. Go ahead, um, Kelly. Do you well, want to add to that? Yeah, is it Roger? In it's DC? David. Uh, my- Oh, my name is David, but thank you very much. And yeah, please keep going. And uh, I will—I will just say very quickly how pleased I am that people like Roger Stone have uh, really stepped forward. Alex Jones also has done a tremendous job of, of creating a lot of awareness to a lot of people that are, uh, you know, really action-oriented about it. And I think the best good news is, like they keep saying, all these—all these things have to be brought up ahead of the fact. You can't wait till after the election to try to That's put right. the genie back in the bottle. So it's very good, at least, that all these discussions are being had, even uh, though it sounds like it, it could be a lot better. Thank you. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right, David. You're exactly right. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, David, yeah, you know, your question is, and uh, can poll observers get in there? And I would answer in Greek, exestai, which means it is possible. And it can be a big help because there are, Numerous problems that can occur at the polls, and one of the problems we saw, even a, a couple poll workers came forward. One of them said, I watched an election be stolen before my very eyes. Nothing he could do about it. He got with an attorney, 
went to the clerk's office, another lady from L.A. County, she put up a video and said, um, we got this poll training, and the 66-page book, I looked through it, and it was the, the training was completely incorrect. So um, poll observers are very helpful to solve a number of problems, and I'll get to Jim's point, which is correct also. So poll observers being in there, you have to sign up ahead of time, get with the election clerk's office, get a badge, and you're now a poll observer. Great. So, and the next step is they have to um, get the poll trainer's manual and read it, study it, almost memorize it, get ready for battle to combat the mistraining the poll workers are going to have. So they can call them on it and say, look, you know, page 43, uh, section 5.21, this is how you're supposed to do this, and you're not. It's right here. Oh, 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 yeah. So that so they have training, not just one, but several people um, as poll observers. Then you also need um, count observers in the election clerk's office, and you have to know again your rights, your authorities, your powers, because um, one one of the reports, San Francisco County. Um, uh, Count watchers at the clerk's office were allowed in, but they had to stand, stand 10 feet away. And that is not the law. They didn't know their law, their power, and so they stood 10 feet away watching these ballots be counted, and it was pretty much a worthless effort because somebody was playing shenanigans. Probably, again, at the clerk's office, the staff got trained improperly. So when you have the manuals and this and that, you know right from wrong. Um, I've had the good fortune of building a relationship and the county election clerk. She's a sweetheart, wonderful, hardworking, honest. I call her up to ask, well, what's the standard? What's the state law? What's this and that? And she tells me, and that's when I see red flags from other counties, another call they made, other observations. So that building that relationship is really important from the beginning. Um, and and um, at least in my county, oh, gosh, somebody really cares about an honest election. That was her address. Yeah, come on in, watch the whole, in 12, she'll let me watch the whole process. Now, the one thing that happens, Jim mentioned, is that, okay, so we'll just go through the process. You're registered, you show up, you get your ballot, you vote, they put it in a box, uh, everything seems to go okay, and then that box gets transported to the clerk's office, and it gets checked in, and this and that, and they do this process, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, now it's time to run it through the scanner. And I actually watched them run votes through the scanner back in 12, the general election. And then, okay, now that these are scan, we put them in this pile, and we're going to put them in a box and store them somewhere, and then we, you know. What happened right under my nose, and I just didn't want to approach this at this time with the clerk, is that a paper ballot is getting turned into an electron, a set of electrons. Once a paper ballot is turned into electrons, it is subject to easy manipulation. And, you know, if, if they can hack, if hackers can hack into NSA, and you hear all these WikiLeaks and Clinton's emails and this and that and what mm -hmm. have you. What uh, level of national security is the, is the county election computers? I mean, you know, it's it's well, happening right under our nose, and so that's that's what Jim was mentioning. And, and I in twelve when Jim kind of sucked me into this, and obviously I'm still listening to him. Um, I, I had a hard time believing this. I, I programmed, I'm actually an engineer, I programmed in five computer programming languages, and my heart was not letting my mind accept that this was happening. 
And so that's our biggest problem is these electronic machines. If you watch the Clinton Curtis video, he worked for YSI in Florida, that, um, but he quit. He was, Clinton Curtis was a computer programmer, and he testified in a legislative hearing um, that the company he was working for, and Jim, you ought to tell me the candidate's name, but the computer programming company Fe- was Feeney. asked. It was who? It was Feeney. It was a, 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 a allegedly state representative Feeney down in uh, uh, in Florida. But go ahead. In Florida, okay. Yeah, so Clinton Curtis testified in a legislative hearing that the company he was working for was asked to program the outcome 5149. And he found out about this, and he says, I quit. Um, and so you can you can just Google um, Clinton Curtis testimony or computer uh, programmer Clinton Curtis, and you can watch. And it's it's just very surprising, very stunning. Um, and I when I finally realized this, even though yes, I began programming in many languages, it's like yeah, <laughs> this can be done, and it can be hidden in um, thousands of lines of computer code. The Supreme Court has said. No, you cannot get the computer code. Why? Well, it's intellectual property. Uh, intellectual property means patents, trademarks, copyrights, etc. So the Supreme Court's not going to let uh, people look at the computer code where you can find a few lines where, oh, that's right there. That, there's a 5149 uh, flip code. Uh, but no, you, they can't. We're, we're hearing reports, too, from um, our, our weekly calls that in the contracts for these uh, electronic machines and vendors and computers, what have you. Um, they're supplied by private corporations. But in the contract, the county agrees not to sue for the computer code. What does that tell you? Yeah, that's, that's right. And, and the, um, uh, like Roger Stone, going back to that clip that Robert Jetter played here, he is making the point in, in there, that the um, you know the, the the biggest danger, or I, first of all, he said that Carl Rove and I saw this myself on Fox and was quite stunned at about quarter to ten on election night of 2012, and they projected Fox projected uh, Obama in Ohio and and Rove was Carl Rove was on the dais with uh, Megyn Kelly and he said this can't be this can't be Romney is going to win Ohio he can't be our numbers show he's going to win. So Megan Kelly said, took off her, her 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 one mic and put on her moving mic and said, I'm going back to get the statisticians. We're going to debate this right on the air. And she starts walking off the set with the camera. Never saw anything like it. Now, I have no question that, that not only Rove, but Romney. Romney was told, play it safe. You could tell if you watched the last debate in his last weeks of campaigning. Don't say anything. Don't fight back. Just be, you know, kind of cool. Right. You're going to win. I know he was told that, and I think he was being told that on the basis of polls. Bill Cunningham, our local talk show here, host here in Cincinnati, who's nationally syndicated on Sunday night uh, from 9 till 12 Eastern, On if you're probably picking up on some station near you, whatever city you're in, he took Matt Drudge's place. He said, I'm going to quit radio if, if Romney loses. I'm going to quit my radio career. Of course, afterwards, he was saying, he was saying, oh, no, I... I want. I don't want to do it, and he didn't do it. But, <laughs> right, I think I remember that. He asked about Dusty Rhodes, a famous disc jockey and 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 politician, office holder who I like, who lives in Delhi, I think, with Robert. 
And and Dusty said, oh, don't worry, Willie, you can keep going. The people want you to keep going. But they were obviously told by pollsters that you're going to win. Now, whether there was buying off and all that, I don't know. But they thought they were going to win. And, and, and But as the other thing Stone said is that, well, hey, anybody can hack anything. And like Kelly said, look at the WikiLeaks. Where in the wide world of sports are they getting all that stuff? But when he releases them one day uh, last week, and I'm waiting for the Democratic Party to say, these are false, these are false. Instead, the head of the party, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, resigns. That's a pretty big uh, a statement that these are true, right? So uh, there are people who are hacking everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but the main danger, as Roger Stone said in that clip, are the, 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 the companies that make the voting machines, those that are hired by the counties. And every so every court decision, most of them are lower court, but every court decision since 1973 has blocked candidates or or, or the media or anybody from looking at the source code, which, which uh, you know, the Collier's, uh, the, the, the late – Collier Brothers that wrote Votes Scam, The Stealing of America, which released in 1992, they said, you know, what's this proprietary stuff? It's one vote for you, one vote for me, one vote for you, one vote for Where is all this proprietary intellectual property? Uh, and of course, the, the, the boards of elections should just have any competent, honest programmer write the program if they were going to use computers to do that. But if you, the proprietary the software has to be in the way they can rig the vote. And uh, there have been some cases like in uh, Louisiana, 1996, Susan Berniker was a fitness expert, a fitness person, a nice looking young lady. And she ran against some, some old tired looking uh, politician and she lost and they went, they had voting machines. So she went in the next day, the law allows them to go and test the voting machines. She went into the big place where they brought it back from the precincts, all these lever machines. And, and she pushed, pushing her name and every third time she pushed her name it, it switched the vote to her opponent that was proven after the Whoa. facts of the t- yeah that's that's on that's in hacking democracy it was also uh the Collier's did an article i did an article on it that's still on the internet in the 90s uh and then woody jenkins who was vote frauded and lost to the uh the the lady who's been in there ever since i can't remember her name this second she's the louisiana senator mary somebody i think he was, went to look at the voting machines the next day, same year, 1996, and they wouldn't let him look at them. They wouldn't let him look at them. So, so the point is, is and he was cheated every, four, every which way to Sunday. So was Bob Dornan that year out in California where there were more illegal voters than the margin he supposedly lost by to Sanchez, the gal Sanchez, who t- as soon as she got elected took her make, make off, uh, makeup off and was a rabid feminist. So, no, there's all the, – the, the, oh, again, the, the – Go ahead. Well, one more thing. I knew somebody who worked in Bob Norton's staff. He was a good uh-huh. friend of mine. Named uh-huh. Sean. He worked like this is years ago. But yeah, everybody was he was shocked that Dornan um Sean was shocked that Dornan had lost. It was a very, yeah. you know, and that was um I I believe was that Orange County? Orange or, or County. San... Orange County. Yeah, okay. No, Orange yeah, yeah. County in nineteen ninety six. Well, yeah, he came up from um, Sac- uh, Orange County but, to be on Dornan's staff, and he was just – he was shocked that it happened. He didn't know why. He didn't have any clue. He just moved on with his life. Yeah, and, you know, well, I was a big fan, and I am a big fan of Bob Dornan, Robert, but Dornan did not challenge mm-hmm. it properly. Woody Jenkins a little bit did, but they didn't challenge it the way they should have, which is to say 
we don't – but, you know, Trump's doing it right. You do it in advance, and Trump should also say, I'm not just doing it for me. I got millions of people working for me and donating money. I'm demanding that my voters and all voters get a fair vote in advance of this election, and we don't like what we see happening. That's the way to do it, not to wait till after the election. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, that, sorry, sorry to break in, but go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Susan, you just sent me uh, an article uh, about how easy you know it is for voter fraud. Uh, do you have some background you want to give us on that or, or tell us about that article? And then we'll, uh, uh, then we'll uh, bring David back in. I think that was uh, – I, I got an What's email. Um, Will Net Daily. Okay. Uh, you know, so – and they're usually pretty reliable, but we know this happened with um, Ron Paul, too. Um, I'm thinking – now, it's not going to be uh, the biggest thing in the world, but it might help if you personally feel – better about it. I think a lot of people should, they have phones and cameras anymore, cell phones, most of them have cameras. I'm thinking everybody should take a picture of their ballot. And uh, well, that way you can prove how you voted. I, I'm not saying everybody too. has. Yeah, I mean, at least you can prove what you said and did uh, on it. Um, right. No, that's a, that's was, all, all these are good ideas. Yeah. Yeah, anything we can do. Tell people that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I I just, you know, trying to think of ways to address that situation. Now, I had an electric bill with me or something, I don't remember what it was, to prove who I was. Because they said to bring it. And that was when Romney, you know, the at the convention downtown Boise and I voted mm-hmm. for uh, the primary, whatever. But they had so many people and there was, you know, like they were closing the polls at a certain time and um, they just said, yeah, just go through, <laughs> just do your thing. So they didn't look at it, but I did have it. I didn't have you know, a driver's license or anything else, but they said that, um, you know, an electric bill or anything like that would would work. But I don't know how many people actually had that with them. Oh, by the way, I have some. Uh, you know who Richard Hanley is? He's a representative from New York. Anybody recognize that name? What was the last name? Hannah. How do you, how, how do you spell it? Believe it's H A N N A. Okay, I didn't know. I don't know him. I hear it. That's right here, Congress. He's a Republican. He has come out and publicly stated he is voting for Hillary. Well, he's not the only one. There's others that are too, because, and this is what makes me think uh, by external evidence that Trump is for real. Whoever heard of. of these of all these Republicans opposing the mm-hmm. Republican nominee, as uh, one Democrat right. who's voting for Trump down there in Georgia, he was on uh, CNN or MSNB. I can't remember what station he was on. Maybe Fox. And it was a documentary about the election, and he said, "We need somebody that's going to throw a rock into the hornet's nest that is Washington D.C. and Trump will throw that rock." So that's what a lot of people they just want to change. They feel we're being 
run down the wrong road, and they want a change. They want a chance to turn it around. And uh, Hillary is like Mrs. Establishment as well as Mrs. Krupp, but mainly she's Mrs. Dutt. That's her biggest problem. She's terrible on camera. Well, oh, she's a terrible period. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand her at all. I know. Well, it's, well here's, here's something interesting about the Republicans. Well, first let's go ahead and uh, get some comments from Dave. Dave, would you like to chime in? David? Oh, you're talking about me, David Zadik? Yes, hey. Yes. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I guess I would just uh, so summarize. So we got John in the line. John, we'll get you in as well. Yeah, I would just summarize to say um, uh, how, can, how could we at least go to contested precincts, you know, like where the new Black Panthers were in Philadelphia intimidating people, and maybe some of these other notorious, like inner city, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and, you know, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Detroit, places like that where we know that it would be um, easily um, uh, compromised. Uh, I hope that the Trump campaign has a game plan of getting some pretty, uh, you know, strong, smart, capable people, at least in those types of precincts. And I think being able to shine any amount of light, I, I just really makes it uh, so much more difficult than um, these people really will be able to handle. They're, they've just been lulled in a complacency because nobody's ever contested them before. We see that whenever there's any amount of challenge, how quickly and easily they fade. And I just, uh, I'm very hopeful for um, the conservative cause in the election. And I think based on that, I know that we're going to be successful this year. So thank you very much for the show. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, Susan, I have to say that, you know, I'll put on my computer here that I'm using uh, for the show. You got WND.com has frozen my browser. I cannot do anything after I put that uh, that link up, uh, put the link up on my computer. That thing uh-huh. is complete. I can't even, I cannot even exit out of it. I keep getting uh, a script error coming up on my computer. So it's not weird. even let me. Yeah, it's not even let me uh, do a task manager to get Alice the browser. Uh, congratulations, Robert. Hey. Um, oh yeah. Could, could we, well, let me, let me could explain we, that. Could we take? When, when, could we take when, into another that. topic? Could we possibly go, go ahead one topic? person at a time? Rob, yeah, we're open for I, that. Well, I hey, want to get John in, but I can't. I, I think everything's frozen up. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. it. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, well, we've got three people wanting to, to chime in. Without you, David, we'll, we'll, we'll get you to go ahead. And then when I can, John, I'll get you in after I get these things uh, freezing on me. Go okay. ahead, uh, David. Hey, since we have such an esteemed collection of experts, um, I've heard some really interesting unfortunate things lately about Turkey and about the possible uh, geopolitical major shift to where they really think that the Soviets and Turkey are really trying to pull a big uh, fast one to basically undermine NATO, and that is like earth-shatteringly world-changing. 
and Enserlik Air Base is basically still surrounded. And I just wondered if anybody here had any kind of insights or opinions on, like, what's really going on in Turkey. And uh, it really defies the conventional comments where people talk about uh, Trump and Putin, you know, being uh, close buddies and supporters and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, we might really be on the uh, – on we might really be at the dawn of some really scary things going on because of Turkey. It has not tied down. Well, that's very good, uh, very good topic. I'm not, I'm not too uh, sure on on Turkey. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I've, you know, we've been here about what you know, Crimea and, and Russia, but I, be honest, I hate to say it, and this, 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 I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm pretty ignorant on that right now. Anybody else? Okay. Well, I think, Robert, it's uh, difficult to, uh, you know, know in real time what's happening because I don't like the way that that Turkey so-called coup happened and then it was reversed. And they said now that the guy that's in there, uh, some people are saying he, he inspired the coup against himself so he could put it down and get more support. Uh, in general, though, I would urge people to, to counterbalance. I mean, most people on Fox and MSNB and CNN or excoriating Trump night and day for him not wanting to go to war with Russia, feels that he can make get along with people right. and have the American and Russian people get along, which I am for. I would urge people to counterbalance a lot of that commentary, you know, while we're admitting we none of us know for sure what to think at this point, to read Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan, he's on Drudge, and he's on uh, – uh, he has his own website, uh, which I think is called Buchanan Brigades, that Linda Muller uh, is the I lady. Hope we'll be having brought. him on here soon, right, Jim? <laughs> I'm hoping so. I can't I can't promise anything, but I'm, we're going to make our best. Uh, but listen to him, and that would be a good thing for him to comment on, but I would urge you to read that because one of the uh, – you know, again, we're not talking. Don't don't get mixed up between the United States of America and the increasing number of the criminal element in the neocons. I call them a criminal element that control so much of the government, uh, because certain factions like Bill Crystal and the neocons really want war. And what's happening though, and Buchanan talked about this on the McLaughlin Report this weekend. We have been surrounding Russia with missiles and bases for a long time. We got a lot of bases around there. Of course, Putin wants to control resources coming from Afghanistan and elsewhere, and, and our, our gang wants to control it. So it's like two gangs who both have nuclear weapons that are fighting each other. And if Putin was surrounding I, – and I don't, I'm not a Putin fan. I'm not like some people who are in the conservatives because Putin has done a few good things. They think, oh, he's secretly one of us. No, I don't think so. He was head of the KGB. But if he, if he was surrounding right. in Canada – and Canada and in Mexico and around the islands and so forth uh, and Cuba, if he was surrounding us with military bases and nuclear installations, I think we would be nervous too. So I, I think it's our gang in New York and D.C. versus their gang. Also, the government that was installed in Crimea was clearly a New York, D.C.-backed uh, regime, and a lot of the Crimea didn't like it. Uh, Trump brought up that the people in the Crimea may want to be with Russia. I don't know that, but uh, again, Trump to me is injecting more of a voice of sanity. Uh, one other thing on this, you remember in the debate, one of the debates that both Chris Christie and uh, Carly Fiorina said if they 
were in charge, they would shoot down a Russian plane in Syria. And Rand Paul came right. on. I remember that. And he said, now, folks, I hope you realize that when we're talking about shooting down a Russian plane into a country they've been invited into, then we're talking about maybe starting World War III. And that was one of the things yeah. that Buchanan brought up. When do we do we really want to go to World War III to defend Estonia, even though we want to keep them free, of course? So these are there's some things to think about here about what David brought up. Oh, you crazy. I didn't like Ferroni, and I didn't like Christmas. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear what you said, uh, Susan. I said I didn't like Pironi and I didn't like Chris Christie. And I wish okay. Matt Paul had just chewed them up and spit them out, which I think he did kind of, but, you know, it didn't do him much good in the, you know, he isn't running for a president. So. Right, but right, no. right. I mean, oh, no, we're going to go and bomb it when that's our answer. Just go and invade everyone, you know. Oh, our forefathers would turn over in their grave. And I think I could uh, actually got the opportunity to try to get John in here. So let's see if we can get John. And John, uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. Do I got you? Uh, not sure. Can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you. Go yep. ahead. Yep. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the topic has changed a little bit and it keeps swinging back and forth a little. Um, I was wanting to jump in and say that. You know, once the people get elected into office, the hard part is to keep them from having ties with all these corporate global governance people and then running roughshod over the rest of the we people. So it's like the voting thing is very important, but it seems like for my entire lifetime it didn't matter who got elected into office. They all ended up just running roughshod over we the people, forcing laws down our throat that we did not consent to, treating us like legislative slaves, taxation without representation. So it's like, oh, yeah, I wanted also to say as far as Turkey, from what I understand, Erdogan is the head guy over there. I don't know if they call him a president or prime minister or what, but uh, he was apparently out on vacation and part of the military decided that they wanted to take control of their home country because he supposedly, Erdogan, is supposedly a little sympathetic to the Muslim Brotherhood side of things. So while he was supposedly gone, they decided they're going to have their coup and take over whatnot. Well, only a certain portion of the military decided to do that. Well, apparently there was a bigger group of the military that had more manpower and whatnot and certain as soon as Erdogan heard about it, he rustled up all those people that were his allies with, that was still in his military, and then he went and captured all of the people that went against him and apparently throwing them in jail or putting them in prison and courts, and some of them he gave them just a little warning that, hey, if you do any kind of disruption again, you know, we're going to really hurt you, but this time we'll kind of give you a pass. And then others he actually... Supposedly imprisoned somewhere. The it sounds like this system is getting messed up. I don't know. Can you still hear me? Well, can we get some yeah. background going on? So let's let's mute that if we you know we can't. Go ahead, uh, John. And I want to welcome uh, in the chat Lion zero two one. Go ahead, uh, John. So that that's pretty much the point that. 
um, Erdogan supposedly is sympathetic to the Muslim Brotherhood, and a lot of the jihadi people that have been involved even here in America supposedly have been going over to Turkey in order to get access to go into Syria or vice versa to come over here. And with him being more sympathetic to the Muslim Brotherhood, it's been a question of whether he's trying to, like I think it was uh, Jim that was stating, he, he was trying to manipulate the coup in a way to be able to allow him to further negotiate or set himself up to be able to run the Turkish government more from a Sharia law perspective. I don't know that much more about it, though. John, um, I heard the same thing, and let's. Uh, I, when other people get done commenting, if we have time, I got something to say on the first point John made about the politicians turning crooked once they get in. But someone else, go ahead. Well, yeah, well, let's I, go I ahead and uh, go ahead, Kelly. Um, a couple things. Um, well, John, have you heard of uh, Stockholm syndrome, where the kidnapper, the kid, the victim of the of the the kidnapped victim defends the kidnapper? Have you heard of Stockholm Syndrome, Patty Hearst, that thing? Hey, who was Patty Hearst's parents? Uh, the Hearst newspaper people, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm making a joke here. What happens to our congressmen is something, it's a psychological illness. You know, they start out like, oh, yeah, we're for the people. Then they get in there and they switch. They suffer from Stockholder Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah, that's well, a joke. It's got truth in it. You know what I mean? That's a joke, Kelly. But uh, jokes are funny because they got an element of truth in them. There's a big <laughs> element of truth in that joke. If you look at John, let's take John Boehner, who who is in Cincinnati. He came from Cincinnati, like me and Robert. Okay, and I went to Saint Xavier High School, which was at the time I went to it. Uh, the tw- rate of the 28th top academic in in the ranking of academics. He went to Muller High School, who was one of our big competitors across town. And I'm from a family of 11. He's from a family of 13. He was the middle of the family. I was. I'm just saying he was from a family like mine. He was one of us. He wasn't a Illuminati Bilderberger CFR trilateral, uh, you know, uh, type of a guy or you know any the Rockefeller family. He was a normal kid from Cincinnati. But see, these politicians are not warned. They are not warned that when they go to D.C., you're facing a sociopathic nexus of money and power. And if they're not warned, they sometimes are sucked into it. And maybe they just like the money. Maybe they're not blackmailed any other way. So, But the people that play ball, like our governor of Ohio, John Kasich, John Boehner, who unfortunately became a terrible compromiser, Paul Ryan is standing down at all the wrong moments, doing what he things he know knows won't work, won't do the things that he has the power to do. Um, these guys are all made worth five to ten million dollars after they're in Congress a while from stockholder syndrome. That what they do is they put them on big boards of big companies and they give them big dividends, and that's how they become rich. They don't become rich, even though I'd like to have a hundred sixty thousand dollar a year salary like Congress, but they don't become rich on that because they got to have a home in D.C., they got to have a home in Ohio, whatever. And then guys like Ron Paul or the late Congressman Jim Traficant or these other people who stand up for the people, they don't become rich, and they some of them are put in jail, like Congressman Hansen who fought the IRS in the 80s for a while. They're put in jail, and they certainly don't become rich. 
You know, Ron Paul and, and Jim Trafficant never became rich. I wrote a blog on Hanson. He was from the state of Idaho. He was a great man. He was a great man, and he was a, he was a fighter. And that, they put him in jail for nothing, like they did Trafficant, because he was fighting the IRS. They tortured him. The late Mike Piper made the point in his book on this type of thing that Hanson made a campaign contribution paperwork mistake, which is easy to make. If any you've ever filed out all these government forms, you can make a mistake. Problem is, 160 other congressmen made the same mistake that year. It was a mistake, and they put they indicted him and put him in jail for like two years for the same mistake that 160 other congressmen made. For heaven's sakes, uh, Robert, we got Charles Rangel who's convicted of a crime, and he's still in Congress. <laughs> and he said, "I can't. Yeah. I couldn't have done it." Yeah, I'm Charles he is still there, isn't he? Yeah. So I mean, and there's others that have been convicted of crimes, or they found fifty thousand dollars in that one guy's freezer, and they don't. If you're playing ball, they don't prosecute. But the sad thing is, I, I wanted to say that I never, okay, never, Robert, heard any of this stuff we're talking about, or that is being taught in, in school. And I, the reason I, that's why I mentioned Saint X was the twenty eighth. I, I went to one of the best high schools, Xavier University. I learned everything we're talking about outside of the classroom and school. So kids are not warned what they're going to run into mm-hmm. when they get to D.C., and they get compromised. They try to compromise them if they can with women, with drugs. Uh, you know, even a guy doesn't do anything, they drug him at a party and put him in a compromising situation, take the film. I mean, it, it, believe me, we, I could go into that at length of people have testified that that was happening, and that was a deliberate plan of some of the most powerful people in D.C. behind the scenes. So, yeah, if they're not warned what they're – I would never go to anything. In D, if I was in Congress or State House, I would never go to any affair without a witness. And when I say affair, I mean a party or anything without a witness with me. <laughs> right, we <well, yeah. laughs> I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Not there's any not that there's any danger of me getting into Congress, you know, but <laughs> can I jump in? Well there's uh, yeah. No, yeah. You said, there's times you, you there there's there's times you tried, <laughs> wasn't it? Well yeah, I'm still I'm still trying, but I I, I know the thing. but I think John did was that John or Dave the one to jump in? Hey, uh quick comment on Congressman Boehner, who I knew when he was uh a whip. David and ben- it was almost a joke that he uh, he basically was the liaison from the tobacco industry. You could tell, you know, he uh-huh. smokes like a chimney. Smokes like a chimney, and uh, he ran around the uh, the floor of Congress handing out white envelopes, which basically had checks inside, which were contributions from various tobacco uh, players and tobacco agencies. So that was his power base. Is how does a guy like Boehner ever become? Majority Leader, Speaker of the House, and it all started out with uh, all you know tobacco bribes, basically. And uh, I, I just want to make a couple other quick comments. Uh, why is uh, Nancy Pelosi? Why is she Minority Leader? Why was she the the Speaker of the House? And it's because the California congressmen uh, make up the Democrats in, in California itself make up about 45 votes out of about 200 congressmen. So basically, California can pick whoever they want every time to be the leader, and that's how you get somebody as, as obviously as as incompetent as Pelosi to be 
their leader. It was really guys like George Miller that would hide behind Pelosi, and they put her up, <clears throat> put her up as the uh, the front. And uh, these these are the kind of things that happen in Washington D.C. that you don't want to believe it, but when you're there, you realize it's exactly how it's done. You have it's puppets, it's bribes, it is compromising, extortable type situation. One thing I want to say about Paul Ryan, who I really expect and hope he gets beat out of office by Nayland. Uh, yes, Paul Ryan's Paul Ryan's wife is um, is. Uh, uh, Dave Boren's daughter, I believe, and Boren, big fat pig-looking Democrat guy, boss hog guy that uh, from Oklahoma, a big you know Democrat family. Uh, he was a senator, he was governor, he was uh, chancellor of University of Oklahoma. Just absolute Oklahoma redneck Democrat politic machine. His daughter is Paul Ryan's wife, and if you wow. think. If you don't think that she dominates that guy, now who also is one of his best friends, but Gutierrez, who is the who is basically the Al Sharpton of La Raza uh, in Chicago, of the uh, you know the equivalent of what Al Sharpton is to Black Lives Matters and minority uh, causes. Gutierrez is always the guy in Chicago, always talking about immigration and open borders and all that stuff. Basically, Gutierrez is like an operative, uh, just like in, in an intelligence agency, who works on uh, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan is in a Democrat-leaning district, and uh, and and that's it's it's just it, 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 that's why he has why he has such strange political um, inclinations and expressions is because he's heavily dominated uh, at home and with his friendships. And basically, he's so for open borders and all this stuff because mm-hmm. the dairy lobby up in Wisconsin, where they may have all the dairy cows, you know, who do you think wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning and shovels manure and does uh, milking in the milk barns, but a bunch of illegal aliens from Guatemala? You know, so when you start realizing, follow the money and the stockholder syndrome, as you correctly pointed out, uh, that's exactly what's going on and it's exactly what Trump is exposing and is why Trump is the perfect messenger to do all this. It's just really so invigorating to watch all this, but we, but it's not a spectator sport and whatever needs to be done to get up there in those precincts to, to shine the light of truth. That is what really needs to be mobilized and done and uh, so whatever I could ever do, I will. But I'm just I'm gr- grateful for good minds like you guys to be up at night uh, fighting a good fight. Thank you. Now, is, that, is that John? Is that John? This no, is no, David. That was, uh, that was David. Oh, David. Yeah, please, you guys, join our conference call if you wish next Tuesday because we would like to start doing a coalition of volunteers and, and, and to fight this thing. And, uh, uh, you know, what you said there is very important. Uh, a lot that was dynamite information, by the way. That was dynamite information. But this Nealon guy, who I like when I see him, that's running against Ryan in the is the Republican primary, I think. Again, if he's not going to demand an open count, he's going to get beat because Ryan is a darling of the establishment. These three companies, uh, Kibitz with the networks in New, New York City. He's going to get beat because they'll, they'll fix the computers against him even if he wins. I don't know what's going to happen up there. 
But he's going to if these. I mean, there's a certain part of me at, 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 at this late date that's disgusted with candidates who want to oust somebody like Paul Ryan and don't know enough to, to demand an open count. They kind of deserve to get beat because they're so stupid on this issue. But I hate to see him get beat because I know that this guy Nealon right. would be better than Ryan. But yeah, I've talked to a lot of these guys, not him, but I've talked to others. They won't bring it up. They won't bring it up because they think they're going to be called, uh, you know, a conspiracy theorist or whatever. Well, too bad. I'm sorry to say I wish that I wish that it was some another way. I know that people are generally so good they can't imagine criminals that try to do this to us in the election system. But we got to everybody's got to grow up quick and simply demand what the Supreme Court said, an open count, counter the precincts. And believe me, they would drop these polls, these polls that say Hillary's beaten Trump. They would drop those if they knew they were facing an honest count on Election Day. Those polls are meant to push public opinion, not to reflect public opinion. Hey, Jim, uh, why don't you tell people, Jim, why don't you tell people about real, real, uh, real quick, real, real quick, uh, let me interject, we, uh, we got Cindy back on a message, so that's good, and, and, and here's the message she sent me through uh, Facebook, and I do see there's only seven minutes to the top of the hour uh, before we get to what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, but anyway, <laughs> what that actually means is that, yeah. Uh, it can get fun sometimes in Bard's Lodge after dark, can it, Kelly? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that being said, is that it means that if you uh, either purposely or accidentally drop the call, unfortunately, you will not be able to uh, call back in. So if your phone's uh, getting low on battery, uh, it's just hooking up to a charger. Uh, or if you're out there and you want to call in, uh, to chime in or just listen to the uh, uh, give us a call at 347 945 uh, 7428 and push the one on your number dial and I'll get you in. Uh, again, that is 347-945-7428 and push the one on your number dial. And uh, you have to do that probably within the next five minutes, uh, not quite six. Uh, but anyway, so Cindy's prediction is if Trump loses due to voter fraud, and I believe that's the only way he can lose, uh, this nation will lose the last thread of its sovereignty. There will be, there will then ensue a battle between Russians, Chinese, Americans, and Europeans for control of the new world order. They will force by conscript the young men and women. Of course, remember, folks, now women can be drafted, uh, or at least there's a bill out there to try to get them to be able to be drafted. But anyway, I digress. It says, uh, they will be forced by conscription, the young men and women of the respective nations, to fight in the next world war. Population of the world will drop by at least one-third. This is also part of the plan to reduce world population. If Trump wins, we'll have a reprieve for a number of years, but will all eventually happen? Well, I hope it don't all eventually happen, but I know some, depending on their religious uh, leanings, I believe that that's kind of the – Thanks for going. And speaking of that, I am uh, working on getting uh, a gentleman on the show uh, who is the author. His name is Arno, and he's uh, an author of a book called uh, How Democracy Will Elect the Antichrist. Now, not that I, to be honest, particularly subscribe to that, but uh, I know there are some folks who do, or a lot of the listeners do, so it'll be interesting uh, to have him on the show. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll be able to get him on. I know I tried to contact him last week, but he was out the whole week, uh, so the attempt is being made uh, this week. 
And so hopefully we could get uh, him on as well as what we said earlier. It'd be great if we could get Type Buchanan on. I've got a, a contact uh, also that I could try, uh, Jim. Uh, but then, uh, okay, good. So good. you might you might have a better link than I do. And so, uh, well, one of the things I, I do yeah, want to talk I'll, about. Uh, yeah, one of the things I want to talk about in our last hour is that uh, they have you know there's talk now. Of course, what happened at Trump's comments uh, about and, and, and let me reiterate if someone hasn't heard the comments. Uh, the comment Trump made about the uh, Gold Star family, and, and specifically, I think it was made about. Of uh, the wife, uh, where he said, and I'm paraphrasing, you know that well. Perhaps she, you know, she just stood on the stage. If you've seen the seen it, you've not, you know, uh, she just stood on the stage. She didn't say anything. He said, well, maybe or pro- well, probably or maybe she just, you know, can't say anything because I guess you know, she's a practicing Muslim in the mail, you know, or, or something of that nature. People got a lot of a real upset. I mean, I know you should respect the gold star parents. Of course, you should. Uh, but, I mean, I think the comments that he made just does not – and let you guys chime in. I want to chime in on this. Is I don't think the comments he made about that because it, I think it, it was more about Islam than it was about them, in my opinion. Uh, maybe there was a part of that quote that I missed. But through my understanding, he was just saying she didn't say anything. Uh, or maybe she – you know, probably she didn't say anything because – you know, with, you know, Muslim women can't say anything unless they're, just, you know, given permission to do so. I think it was more that type of critique than them. Personally, I don't know. As I said, maybe if I miss something, educate me. That's fine. Uh, but I'm not, the attention that it's getting and the vitriol it's getting, I just don't think uh, it's warranted. Am I wrong? Uh, am I wrong, John? Basically, she was she was playing an act. They had photos of her at other events where she was not wearing a head, head scarf. She was not wearing a hijab at other events. She is a quite sociable type person. She was she was playing the role of the meek, pitiful, obedient, uh, uh, subservient type woman. Uh, it defies, uh, you know, she has her glasses on. I mean, it was, it was a total Hollywood scripted bunch of crap. And basically, and, and he... Is uh, you know he's from Punjab, which is right on the border of Pakistan. He's a uh, he's a militant uh, Muslim Brotherhood connected, funded by Saudi Arabia uh, type guy who plays the meek, mild, massy type guy with glasses, who actually runs a high-priced uh, human trafficking law practice, which has now been exposed and. He had to take down his website. His business was being affected, which is why he said he didn't want to be involved anymore because Trump's inclinations were correct. He stood up to it. He smelled bullshit. He said he challenged him on it. And just unfortunately, it shouldn't take five, six, seven days for the truth squad to all come out. It needs to be done in about six or seven hours. And the um, Republicans and conservatives and, and Trump, needs to implement a war room similar to what Clinton did back in the days of Stephanopoulos and, and uh, uh, oh, Carville, Carville, Jake, Carville, Carville, yeah, Carville and those other propagandists, you know, propagandists. But anyway, uh, yeah, they, um, and all, not only that, he has, uh, Dr. Khan has published articles all over the place on Sharia 
law. You know, he's holding up the Constitution, trying to quote the Constitution, yet he's the biggest advocate for Sharia law. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff, I think, over in Malaysia. You know, Malaysia is a big, huge uh, Islamic country. Not everybody knows that. And uh, so, yeah, he is a international operative, paid for uh, by Muslim Brotherhood, connected to the Clinton, Clinton Crime Foundation, et cetera, et cetera. All that should have been uh, – uh, it, it should have been accumulated, analyzed, processed, and distributed it out uh, within hours instead of a week. But um, like they said today, I was listening to some of the talk shows. Yeah, you know, the press is all talking about this and, pre- and talking about that. They, American people, the Ameri- Americans, they see that guy on stage. They don't like him. They don't like Clinton. They don't like Khan. They like Trump. They believe in Trump. And uh, there is such a mismatch from reality uh, compared to the um, narrative that the establishment is trying to drive. It was a good point what you made earlier, which is they try to they they try to push the polls to try to match the uh, subsequent um, uh, finagling of the poll results. Uh, that is that, that that has been their game plan in the past. But you know what? This election cycle is unlike any other previous election, and that being the case, that means it's a new game, and the new game is going to be truth, and Trump is going to sweep it in a landslide, which means it'll be close. Thank you. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, hey uh, thank you very much. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, I, we all want to. Well, I tell you what. Here, here what we're going to do. We all want to chime in on this, and that's fine. And oh, it's great actually. Uh, and we will. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and have an order of this so uh, we don't, uh, you know, kind of talk over each other. And so, Kelly, we will go over uh, to you. Then we'll go over to Susan. And then uh, you, John, if you got got uh, comments you want to make on it. And then, of course, uh, Jim, we got plenty of time. We've got uh, almost an hour before we have to do our closing comments. Uh, let me close it out. So let's go ahead and do it in that order so that we're not uh, talking over each other. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I want to go ahead and divert my <clears throat> divert my time over to Jim <clears throat> because he has noticed something about when election fraud is happening somewhere, a big corporation owned by the news media does an exit poll that matches the fraud. So I want to turn my time over to Jim and have him explain that better. Well, you know, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to be real brief, Kelly, so I don't want you to not be able to comment. Uh, yeah, the, 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 all of the official exit polls are done by National Election uh, Pool. used to be called Voter News Service until 2004. It's owned, believe it or not, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, and Fox, okay, and AP Wire. They own that company. And the networks, you know, they always pretend like they're trying to get out with a winner first, like CBS can now produce – can now predict that George Bush wins in New Jersey or whatever. This is totally fraudulent. They're getting the exact – I mean the race to predict the winner. They're getting the exact same results from the exact same company, uh, National Election Pool, that they at the exact same time that they jointly own. And these are from supposed exit polls, which are a whole subject themselves. I didn't want to go on and on. I did want to comment on what John said. I'm, again, dynamite information. I would like to get the exact what we can prove about that guy and what we can't. But let's look at it as sympathetically as we can. And even if we left aside all that information John brought up, which I don't want to leave aside, but let's just say we left that aside and there was none of it. There there wasn't wasn't any background to this guy like there is. 
when he gets up there and they say we're we're Muslims and our son died for America, okay? Yeah, like John said, a lot of us are going, yeah, really? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't die and it wasn't he, he didn't lay down his life, but are you really for the Constitution, Mr. Uh, Muslim? There, I think every that's running through people's mind. But but let's just take as sympathetic as possible, okay? He comes out and says, "Our son died. We are broken up about it. We're a gold star family." Now, if he had left it there, if he had left it there, there is no possible way Trump would have ever done anything but say that guy was a hero if it was brought up. But then he runs on one of the most vicious attacks I've ever seen on television saying the Democrat, the Republican nominee Trump has not read the Constitution. He sacrificed nothing for his country. Trump is risking his life every day running for president, as are do many controversial presidential candidates. He's risking being shot, okay? So he's sacrificing, and he knows he might be killed in this. He, he's basically said it without saying it. So, But he gives one of the most vicious attacks we've ever seen once he moved into that attack like he was a daggone Clinton operative, he opened up himself for criticism. And I'm 100% behind Trump defending himself because if he didn't, the, the left-wing media, which is most of it, would be beating Trump over the head day after day after day. If we, again, could get a fair account, I think a lot more people went to Trump over this controversy than went against him. But if you listen to the media, you'd think that Trump's losing the exchange. Yeah, it definitely does, and and I've got this uh, post here on Facebook uh, from Sean Michael, and thank you, Sean, uh, for sending this over, uh, making the comments on my post uh, on the Facebook page. And it says, must read and please share. Do your research, folks. I just thought everyone should know because our news media will never tell you. A friend did research on the Muslim father that Trump spoke of in a negative light, Mr. Khan, and here's what was found. The law firm for which Khan worked, uh, just uh, coincidentally, yeah, right, is also the law firm for the Royal Court of Saudi Arabia. The tax Ah. lawyers for Bill and Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, and also where Loretta Lynch worked. Oh, yeah. They also represent a small tech firm in Denver, Colorado. Yes, the same little firm that quote, managed Hillary's private server. The the collusion and corruption runs deeper than imaginable, my friends. No wonder the media is falling over itself to defend this man. Hillary is crooked. The father of a Muslim American soldier killed in Iraq who is caught up in a war of words with Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump is an immigration lawyer who specializes in a highly controversial program accused of letting immigrants buy their way into the United States. Uh, Kazar and Khan's website notes that he works to help clients with the E2 and looks like it says EB5 program that lets overseas investors buy into U.S. companies and also provides green cards for family members. It also said that he helps in the purchase of U.S. real estate and businesses. The website lists his ability to practice in New York, though he gives a Washington phone number for the lawyer who lives in Virginia. The man who answered the phone said the website was correct, though he did not identify himself. The E2 and EB5 are two of the most notoriously abused visa categories that essentially allow wealthy foreigners foreigners to buy their way to U.S. residency and possibly citizenship with a relatively modest investment, says Jessica Vaughan, the policy director for the Center for Immigration Studies. Vote Trump. 
Wow. And thank you, uh, Sean Michaels, there on Facebook. Could you tell us again where that came from, please? I, I want to be able to post that again. Uh, let's see. It, uh, I'm going to look down the line. It says, oh, but the, the last part, it says, Jessica Vaughan, V-A-U-G-H-A-N, the policy director for the Center of Immigration Studies. Uh, let's talk about the E2 and EB5. I guess those are two types of green cards. And then I'm trying to see if there's another link or something of that nature for that. I'm looking at it as we speak. It looks like uh, you can look at things for uh, the, his website, which I guess you can Google K-H-I-Z-R-M is the middle initial, and then Khan, K-H-A-N. And I guess uh, that's his, you know, search that for his website uh, on that. So now whether he was the, uh, you could probably just Google Royal Court of Saudi Arabia with his name and, and find some out. Unfortunately, he did not leave any type of link or anything of that nature uh, where he got yeah, the I, information. I, so, I, of I course, think, he does say do I'll your research. I'll, I'll find it and post it. Thank you. You're welcome. And so let's go ahead and we're going down the line uh, you know, with comments. I think we got uh, to yourself, Kelly. And so let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Susan. And then, John, we want to get you back in as well. Um, yeah, I had already said some of that earlier about Mr. Khan. Uh, but remember, I, I said, and you're all leaving that out, that uh, he's associated with a married couple of Abedin, which is the daughter is a senior advisor to Hillary. Um, and that's really important because Hillary, yeah, well, that puts her into an association with some unsavory people, doesn't it now? And we know uh, that people are not uh, the best best types. Just because they're Muslim, I mean, doesn't mean anything. It's just the idea that they are a family that's tied to Saudi Arabia and to Hillary and daughter, I... I believe is having a type of affair with Hillary. Um, now uh, we were going back to the politicians and how they change when they get into Congress. Many of them are part of the good old boys club, talking big, but they are behold beholden to big money donors, and they are owned by lobbyists, unions, lawyers, and environmental organizations, and multi international corporations like big farmers. Big oil, lock, stock, and barrel that owns by foreigners, and like George Soros owns Obama, or foreign governments own Hillary and the Clinton Foundation donations. Um, they are they are owned, and I, I remember, like I said one other time on the show, Helen Chenoweth, who came from Idaho, told Bo, she said, point blank, the reason they couldn't take care of and get him out of office when he was there was because everybody they had blackmailed everyone 
had something on everyone, whether it was made up or real, okay? And with Helen, it was the affair that she supposedly was having with a married man. She said, I never, you know, we're friends. And in the end, she did marry him. But she said, I never had an affair where I slept with him. But they made it up, made it look like she had. And um, she said, so everybody threw up their hands because they do that. And um, the only one they couldn't get anything on or wouldn't make anything up on is Ron Paul. So they probably figured he was by himself if if he was the only one and that he was a kook anyhow, according to most people. So they probably figured it's no big deal to go after him. They wouldn't do it because it wouldn't look too good. Um, but that's what happens, you know, and um, the senator from our state, when he admitted that he'd been drinking in his room alone, you know, I was like, that's cool because now they can't hold that over his head. If he votes wrong, he votes wrong. But if he doesn't vote wrong, then he doesn't. But he's not being blackmailed because he's admitted what he did. It wasn't just his ticket. He came out and said, this is what I do in my room. Because they put cameras there. They've got uh, the phones are bugged, everything. Wherever they go, there's something where they can keep check on them. So they can use something against them. And uh, and I also found out that Mr. Crapo, uh just a, a lot of them did. I won't just put, pick him out, but as an example, uh, the GMO bill, the Monsanto, the labels, uh, went through that uh, were signed in by Obama recently. A lot of them, and Mr. Crapo was one of them, took, uh, uh, he took a million, um, and Senator Rich took a lot smaller amount. Some took a lot more and some took less. But Big Ag gave money to all of them, and they took it. Now, who do you think that most of them, not everyone, there was only, what, 12 or so that voted against it? Most of them, they take that kind of money. Yeah, what, they expect you to be loyal to them and get, give, you, give something back in return, which is your vote in their favor. So um, I chastise him royally. I mean, I tell him I thank you for when you do it right, but, you know, this is ridiculous. We have a right to know what's on the labels. And not everybody has an iPhone. So I said, you did wrong. And I know you took the money. I know you took a million something. And the gal on the other end, she's like, what? And I go, yeah, I've got, I've got it down. You know, they, they sent out who got how much money from Big Ag. So this happens on every level that they take money from these corporations of some sort or another, which you are then have to repay the favor. They then be holding to them in some way, shape, or form. So this is what happens. I can't say they change. I I can only say I don't know if they don't realize it first, and then they get caught in the trap because they want a fancier house or more furniture. So it's like it's really easy to start taking that money and live that lifestyle. That's Okay, let's uh, just quarter after the hours and let's move uh, things along, try to get as much in as we can. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get your comments, John. But I have, uh, you know, another on Facebook uh, for uh, Vincent. Did you give out the uh, the website or the, the, the number for the conference call for next Tuesday? 
Uh, did either one of you guys do that? I didn't. Nor do I have a Kelly? candy. Yeah, I can go ahead and give it yeah, out. Can we get it out? Can we get it? Yeah, we get a cut? Well, yeah, because people who were you were talking were playing on like Vincent, planning on going to the conference call, but I, I think he may think it's the the calling number at the conference call, not uh, not your your number. Okay, well let me look it up quick. I've got it on speed I'm, dial. While Kelly's while Kelly's looking it up though, you can go to Watch the Vote USA. Dot com. That's watchthevoteusa.com, and the pin and the phone number and the pin are right at the top of the website. Okay, great. Thank you very much. And then what we could do is I could send that over to uh, to them. And I'll tell you what, this computer's really starting to annoy me. So let's go on this one down. So let's go ahead and bring uh, John back in. John, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think back in the 1770s, our founding members of our society, they suffered from a different strain of stockholder syndrome from the back of the musket. That was trying to be a joke, but it's hard to tell if you're laughing or not. Because, I mean, you guys keep talking about the stockholder syndrome, and I was thinking, hmm, well, I think our founding fathers had a different strain of that same virus because I'm sure they've got their arm their stocks against their shoulders quite often but also anybody that's listened to this program has probably heard in the past I am not particularly fond of Mr. Trump I appreciate the positions that his platform stands on unfortunately I bring up the same issue before I think even on one of these uh, calls in the past months I've been calling in and talking on this is that I don't think he's very constitutional He and I've, I think I've even called his campaign headquarters a couple of times and said hey you need to read your bible at least three or four more times and at least go through the constitution every day keep it in your pocket and read it as often as possible because He's got a big learning curve, and he doesn't seem to be interested in learning. He just wants to be uh, very um, uh, voiced. I don't even know how to describe it, but he just doesn't come across as very cordial or somebody that I want to be an example for the rest of society. But I do appreciate what he stands for as far as his positions on the issues, and that I don't really have a whole lot of problems with. But um, also in respect to the um, what Susan was bringing up again too on on you know these people get elected in the office and then do what they want to do. I'm very interested in the fact that if we have a robust discussion and deliberation in determining how to set up a system of rules, processes, procedures, ordinances, and the like, that we all can mutually assent to that no matter what if a freak incident of every piece every governmental position in every level be you know local city county state or federal happen to get napoleon or hitler in their position then the rules laws processes procedures exact all whatever that was would still hold them accountable to we the people otherwise you're still going to have an 
option for corruption because anytime somebody gets into office and power is consolidated to that that few people, a mob person sticks a gun to their kid's head and says, look, you do what I want you to do or your kid dies or your cousin dies or what. And as long as we want to continue to allow that kind of stuff and circumvent our own intellectual property, which is self-determined self-governance, that is a value that we're just letting them steal from us by manipulation, you know, coercion, it's taxation without representation. Anyway, there's a whole lot of ways that they're embezzling our intellectual property called self-governance. And as long as Amen. we continue to allow them to do that and to consolidate the power into the oligarch's hand, that they're still going to be able to run roughshod over we the people. Because the only way that you have strength in numbers is when every one of us stands ready to protect our own intellectual property of self-determined self-governance. Otherwise, if somebody else has got their will written, codified, you know, enacted into law, and yours is left out, excluded, then you're not an equal citizen. And it makes you wonder, you know, how many of us stand on the Declaration of Independence? Do we mutually pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor? Or are we just lip service? Because we, too, want to be little dictators and just manipulate those below us. Anyway, that's my thoughts for now. Bravo. And I've got that information uh Unfortunately, Kelly got uh, bumped off the call, and I got that information about the conference call, and that is, and that is on Tuesday at ten o'clock, and that's p.m. Is that correct? Is that correct, uh, Jim? I'm sorry, I, I I glitched. I dropped the phone. What was the question? Uh, the conference call is Tuesday at ten p.m. Correct. Um. Yes, it's Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, and if Kelly got bumped off, then just go to watchthevoteusa.com, and you'll see at the very top the time and the pin and the, the phone number and the pin, okay? And, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that what John just said is, is I, I, I share concerns. I mean, Trump shows uh, flashes of genius, but then he seems to be very shallow, on many things when he's put under questioning, he still seems to me right. by far our best our best bet because as as Ann Coulter as Phyllis Schlafly endorsed him saying at least Trump wants to fight uh, for you know and, and he's willing to fight and this is what's been wrong with McCain and Romney it seems like they're almost told don't fight that you got a better chance if you don't fight or something you know so yeah, but um, Phyllis. Jim. I'm sorry thousand people at the fec.com website or gov fec.gov that filed to want to be the president of our united states and as okay. long as the people who own the media only allow the democrats and the republicans to have time to let the public know that they're running for office and then google and and facebook are owned by or people that are pretty favorable to the democrats or the two major parties then the other better candidates aren't ever going to get the exposure they need in order to even have a snowball chance. And you know, we got some background even... noise going somewhere. If they can cut that out, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, if, 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 if
they can start as long as the oligarch yeah. as long as the oligarch of the fascist few run our media and communications groups on planet earth then they're going to continue to serve the um, Democrat and Republican uh, platter because they don't care which one wins. They win. It's heads they win, tails we lose. And they've been doing that for years. And as long as these other parties, whether it be Green Party, Libertarian, uh, Prohibition Party, Constitution Party people, like I said, the FEC.gov, there's over a thousand people that want to be our president. They are not getting any opportunity to let us know who they are or what they stand for. And I've heard of a few of them, but not enough of the masses of Americans are hearing from them because there are better candidates than the two we're discussing. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. This has been yep. a problem for many years, many many decades uh, of of who uh, you know of of who they get let that have any publicity now. Daryl Castle is running for the Constitution Party. I could vote for him. He's getting no publicity. Uh, the others that are getting a little publicity, CNN had on uh, – Anderson Cooper had on Gary Johnson, the Libertarian, and his vice president, William Weld, both former – William Weld, both former governors. <clears throat> uh, I don't really like Gary Johnson. He's a CFR-connected guy, but – so he's getting a little – just a smidgen of publicity. Jill Stein is a socialist for the Green Party. Seems like a nice lady, but she's a pretty hardcore socialist. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%, but where we're headed here, we got five people that are getting – or four people that are getting any publicity, and I just am hoping that Trump, like John and Bobby Kennedy, uh, will fall in the right direction. The Kennedys made a lot of – basically their dad made a lot of unsavory deals to get JFK into office. He did fall in the right direction on several things, including trying to take the money away from the Fed. So I'm kind of hoping Trump falls in that direction. I am perfectly aware, though. I mean, I could, I could, I don't know if Robert, if you want me to, I don't want to hog the time here, but I can tell you if I was writing a tramp, tra- uh, uh, pamphlet against Trump, I can tell you what I would lead with if you want me to. But I, I don't want to hog the mic. But <laughs> let me, can I say one last thing? No, no we don't. Need, we, we don't need to give the opposition any more uh, information, no, no, any no. more uh, ammunition there. Well, no, seriously, hold on. Let me, let, John. Let me, let me get this out. Thank you. Uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, and, and, and I get you. I mean, I, I want I, I want a multi-party system in the United States. I want a system that's similar to Ireland. That being said, okay, Hillary Clinton is awful. I, 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 I just absolutely awful. And, and Trump isn't much better. But unfortunately, at this point in time, the reality is it's it, it's it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. I mean, could we get somebody, you know, uh, my my pick, my preference would be the guy from the Constitution Party would be my preference, you know, and, you know, what I, but, you know, but but I'm saying is is that. Call the Presidential Debate Commission and demand that these other parties let their representatives speak regardless of the percentage. Well, and I agree with that 100%. I I think they should. I think they should have. The, the the top three, I think the Constitution Party, uh, Libertarian Party, and Green Party, I think all three of those should be at the debate. Certainly, I agree. With that. Now, you, do you, does everybody? Yeah, does everybody know? And Pat Goodell, who has been a very excellent commentator this year, he used to be a Carter pollster, but it's like he's really wised up in his later life. 
He's on Fox Report on Sunday at 7 every week. And he made clear what I've known for, for many years. The, the, Democratic, the, the debate commission is totally fraudulent. It is the head, they have no legal standing. It is the head of the Democratic Party, one of the former heads of the Democratic Party, one of the former heads of the Republican Party. That's who it is. They have no legal standing. The only reason their decision carries the day is because the five networks agree to put on the debates. If the five networks said, hey, no, we're not going to carry a debate unless uh, you know, uh, Castle and Stein and, and, and uh, the, Gary Johnson is in it, then they would have to buckle in and let them. But the five networks, those five TV networks are the ones that I – they're, so, they're a problem for so many things in this country. I think they need to all be indicted for treason, for hiding information from the American people. Back in 2000, you had two of the best debaters in the world, Ralph Nader on the Green Party, Pat Buchanan on the Reform Party, running. And that, that, that debate commission made of the head of the Democratic Party, a former head of the Democratic Party, former head of the Republican Party, Frank Ferenkopf was a Republican. They ruled they're not going to let him in the debates. And Pat Buchanan said, I feel like I've been training for a prize fight my whole life, and now the fight's going to go on without me. This is criminal. This is criminal to hide these other candidates from the people and it's totally crooked but if the five networks didn't go along with it they couldn't hold these debates without the other major candidate without the other significant candidates no i agree i mean it took uh free and equal to do a third party debate which we did uh which we streamed through the show or simulcast or whichever uh, to the show in order for them. Now, I had uh, Jill Stein, Rocky Anderson, uh, Virgil Goode, and uh, Gary Johnson. So they actually had four candidates uh, at that debate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was good. You know, unfortunately, it didn't get a lot of publicity compared to the big debates, right? Yeah, of course, uh, unfortunately. Well, you tried. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, no, I agree with John, and I really agree with him. I'm not just saying it to be cordial. It's just that, uh, again, we just got to hope that um, of those up there, I mean, that Trump is serious about what he's saying on many issues. He's not manipulated into declaring martial law or something because the background forces know he's got a big ego and may want to not be pushed around and they could do a false flag. But, yeah, it's a problem. I'm just hoping that he – falls in the right direction like John and Bobby Kennedy did. And Ted, Ted Kennedy gave in. Ted Kennedy was worthless. Um, whether, but, but, yeah. but John and Bobby Kennedy did attempt. That's why they were both shot in the head by, I believe, by the dark side of our shadow government. I don't believe in this lone gunman uh, garbage that they come up with every time they shoot a major, every time they shoot a major figure, including Reagan, where Hinckley knew the Bush family. Incredible, incredible that the Hinckley family knew the Bush family pretty well. You know, the guy that shot at Reagan, or allegedly shot at Reagan. So, Which he's getting out, by the way, if you know. I know he is, yeah. I know he's getting out. Good grief. He's gonna go, I tell you what, someone said he's going to go live with his mom, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, isn't that a, uh, oh, what's that guy uh, from those movies, Psycho? Yeah. What's his right. name? Norman Bates. Yeah, that's that, that, that tell. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. I so said that's a Norman Bates moment. This guy who supposedly, you know, shot the, you know, shot at Reagan, uh, is now going to be living with his mother. I mean, what's he going to start doing now? Slashing women in the shower? I don't know. I mean, 
If you were Teddy Kennedy, wouldn't you give in too after they blackmailed you, set up Mary Jo Kopechny to, you know, set that whole thing and uh, then held that over his head? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, he put I hope. In the, yeah. No, you, you. I hope. I hope I wouldn't. But yeah, the, he was under. You know, they. They. He. He. I guess he didn't want to be the third Kennedy brother shot, but. But he did no, give he in. Didn't. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that uh, John Jr. was taken out too. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent sure of that. Yeah. After he was seeing the run video. For president. He and he was going to beat he was going to beat Hillary for Senate. See, he was going to run against Hillary for Senate right before he was killed. So yeah, I saw the JFK and I thought it was just an accident. So I saw that. And then uh, if you watch JFK two, you're not going to be feeling too good about uh, that 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 plane blowing up as it did. And then of course they they did an autopsy on JFK. See, they brought him back. Anybody playing? They never brought him back to land. Ted Kennedy went out on the boat. They buried his ashes at sea. Now, what do you think was the rush to do the? Or no, no autopsy. Excuse me, no autopsy. They in the room in the in the ocean. Uh, what was the rush? Uh, what was the rush? Well, you know, uh, have have cremated and throw him in the ocean a few days. Well, you know. There you go. There's a lot more. There's a lot more and, than JFK too. Yeah. Cindy sent me this letter. Uh, going back to this uh, this con guy, uh, which I find his name interesting to the bad guy in uh, Star Trek uh, too. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, um, actually, Star Trek three. But anyway. Uh, it says, open letter to uh, Kazir Khan, July 31st, 2016, posted by Mark Chris and uncategorized, no tags, whatever. It says, dear Mr. Khan, it says, I want to preface this letter by stating that I was, okay, whatever, it's got some background noise, let's mix it. Uh, anyway, it says, I want to preface this letter by stating that I respect your son's sacrifice for this great nation. By all accounts, he is a true hero that sacrificed himself in service to our country. For that, I am thankful. As a veteran, I watched your comments at the Democratic National Convention with a mixture of sadness and anger. The United States has a military comprised of volunteers. Every single member has made the conscious choice to join the military and serve. This is not a single service member who has been forced into service. It is important for all service members and apparently their families to understand that service to this great nation does not imbue one with special privileges or rights. I found your comments troubling when you said, have you ever been to Arlington Cemetery? Go look at the graves of brave patriots who died defending the United States of America. You will see all faiths, genders, and ethnicities. You have sacrificed nothing and no one. Does this matter? Does it matter whether Mr. Trump has sacrificed nothing and no one? Has Miss Clinton sacrificed for this nation? How about Mr. Obama? Your comment stating that Mr. Trump has sacrificed no one is alarming. Are you intimidating that you sacrificed? Sir, your son willingly sacrificed himself. As a father, I cannot imagine the pain you must feel, but his sacrifice is his own. It was not forced, he was not forced to serve. I am troubled that you would allow a party that has little more than contempt for the U.S. service member to parade you to into the DNC to denounce Donald Trump. 
Did you watch when protesters at the DNC booed and heckled Medal of Honor recipient Captain Florence Groberg? Did you notice your party interrupting the moment of silence for slain police officers? Your own hypocrisy is not denouncing these acts. Instead of using the DNC as a platform to make a political point is disgraceful. The simple fact that is whether one served or sacrificed does not give greater power to their statements. One vote is as valuable as another. That, sir, is why our country is great. Your recommendation of one person for a statement, your condemnation of one person for a statement while standing idly as your party disparages veterans and police officers is the height of hypocrisy. To complicate the need to prevent potential terrorists from entering our country with the belief that all Muslims should be banned is simply wrong and disingenuous. As a reminder, Mr. Trump said, until we are able to determine and understand this problem and the dangerous threat it poses, our country cannot be the victims of horrendous attacks by people that believe only in jihad and have no sense of reason or respect for human life. The irony of your son's own death at the hands of these very people in Iraq should not be ignored. I have little doubt that your son would have recognized the need to protect our country from these very people. In fact, he held his own troops back so that he could check on a suspicious car. Your son understood sacrifice and how to protect his people, his soldiers, his fellow Americans. As you continue to make the media circuit and bask in the glow of affection cast upon you by a party that has little regard for your son's own sacrifice and veterans in general, I would ask you to consider your comments and your position more closely. Respectfully, Chris Mark, U.S. Marine and Navy veteran. And thank you very much, Cindy, for uh, posting that on the Facebook so we can share that. Uh, and that is in the group on Facebook. You can find it uh, called Republicans, Libertarians, and De- Democrats. Uh, and so it's a closed group on Facebook, uh, but that's a, a post you read uh, as well. So I see we have less than 20 minutes before I have to close things out, probably more uh, like 15. And we've got uh, about four folks on the line. So we've got a little bit more time uh, for some additional comments for tonight's show. Then we'll have to do what uh, we do here as our closing comments. And then I'll have to close things out uh, for the week and be ready for one more next week. So let's go ahead and give the last uh, comments uh, before we have to do our closing comments to our guest tonight, uh, Jim Condit. Go ahead, Jim. Hold on, I had myself muted because of you know not even want, not wanting to uh, have any noise come over my end. Well, I <laughs> you've given me a lot of chance to talk tonight. I I I guess that I will. We do that just, for our guests, Jim. <laughs> uh, say an ending comment. People's uh, education on on that what we're fighting behind the two parties, behind the five big networks, behind the Fed, and the Wall Street, and that is um, uh, Bill Still is a reporter who did, uh, I might have mentioned this before on the show, he did a a video called The Secret of Oz, and if you haven't seen that, I urge everyone to go on YouTube, 
What's the Secret of Oz? It's about the struggle. And about the Wizard of Oz was a metaphor written by an author named Frank Baum in the 1890s about the struggle then between the bankers and the farmers. So every character in the Wizard of Oz has like a meaning in that context of that struggle. But it applies to today, too. And Bill still goes how it applies to today. Tells you what each of the characters in the Wizard of Oz stood for. And it is very important viewing. If you get more, more time in 1996, he came out with a three-and-a-half-hour video, which is also on YouTube, called The Money Masters. And that explains those who have grasped the power to issue money and why we're fighting such an oligarchy. So I recommend they're very well done. A very well documented, very restrained language, very professional. So the Secret of Oz and the Money Masters, both by Bill Still, and I just find found out Bill Still has a video blog. I think they call it a vlog. He has over a thousand videos posted of little commentaries he's done. I haven't gone there yet. I don't really know where it is exactly, but you can look for Bill Still on the internet. Probably find that. So maybe I'll end with that because that's a, that is not going to get on your mainstream media too much. But I think everyone will be. Who hasn't seen it will be edified from watching it and uh, uh, appreciate you keeping uh, your efforts up Robert and everybody else on the call and I thank you for uh, you know for giving me a say tonight well certainly and then uh, we could also go to we left plenty of time for our, our closing comments each person probably about four minutes and you know if they want to use that time and so here's how we'll do it is uh, first of course we'll give uh, Deference to the ladies, so we'll go ahead and have Susan. You do your closing uh, comments uh, first, and we'll bring it over to you, John, and then we'll bring it over to you, David. And then after that, uh, if you have anything else you'd like to close with, uh, even if you want to repeat, uh, you know, the, some links or phone numbers or anything of that nature, Jim, go ahead, and then I'll close things out. And just all I ask you for folks who've uh, come to the show, whether you're listening live or uh, if you uh, are listening to the podcast now. Uh, definitely share the link uh, to your friends, whether you use your email or your different uh, social media. I've already seen David uh, start to do that on Facebook, and David, I appreciate that. Uh, and also visit the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, we've got a lot of interesting pages on the website, uh, so definitely check them out. And uh, if you'd like to follow the show, just push the follow button here on Blog Talk Radio. So let's go ahead and uh, go with it, bring it over to you, Susan. And then we'll give it to John and then David, and then any last comments for yourself, uh, Jim, and then I'll have to proceed and close things out for the week. Uh, go ahead, Susan. Uh, when you're talking about the different parties and how they should be able to debate, they should have them up there. I looked at, I looked at a uh, thing on Jill Stein. You know, she's really not that bad. She wants to bring the troops home. I agree with that. Um, we'll end the Patriot Act and our return citizens united. I, I want to end the Patriot Act, believe you me. Um, she would close tax loopholes and incorporate welfare. Well, I don't know if that means she would just control the IRS and get them, you know, down where they're just tiny or what, quite what that is. She's against the TPP, supports campaign finance reform fight against climate change. So she's obviously not a global warm, warming person who, who's for all that. We'll reduce unnecessary military spending. I'm for that. Supports legalization of marijuana. Uh, that, you know, I don't know. Again, it doesn't say if it's medical marijuana only, so I'm not sure on that. 
So there is some stuff I don't agree with her on. Um, uh, I'll uh, see what what didn't I agree with her on. Legal pathway to citizenship. You know, hmm, it depends if someone had been here 20 years, and you know, there's little things you can niggle around there. But the overall, at least, she didn't say that she's into open borders, which Johnson. And disappointingly is, and he was a really good governor. I don't know lately though he's been off in La La Land there. Um, Maybe he's so, too I mean, much pot. Is, may, <laughs> well, I, uh, he's been bought off or something. I don't know. Supports ending the racist war on drugs. I'm not sure where she. I, I just think that war on drugs. Um, I don't know that it's racist necessarily. I, I'm not sure on that what she, where she's going with that one. We'll make public college education free. I don't agree with her on that. I think people have to work. Uh, I had to work. Uh, and um, we'll cancel college student debt. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's probably, I do, there was a little over half of the things she said. And I really, really don't think she's too bad. I mean... No worse than any other candidate, and, uh, you know, what can you say? Uh, she had closed tax loopholes and corporate welfare. I'm I'm for that, you know. I mean, I'm really for that. Believe you me, the corporations are, they, they take a lot of stuff. And uh, so I would say, I, would, I really believe she should be in the debates. Why not? Why not have her in there? Johnson, when he was doing pretty good, when he tried to be in the one debate, um, they had him in one, and then they booted him. And I was shocked. He, and that's when he turned from the Republican Party to run in the Libertarian. Uh, before that, he had tried to debate in the Republican. So, yeah, I think that the Constitution Party, the Green Party, and the Libertarian Party should be included. There should be those five parties. Why not? What are they scared of? You know, are they scared they might show them up? I would say so. So anyway, I'll, I'll end it so someone else can talk. Yep, and let's uh, go ahead and uh, bring it over. Uh, oh, and there's a, an article I want to, to go to, but we'll, we'll have to wait to another time. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. Yeah, well, I have a pretty serious concern about the people I've heard so far that's running for president in the sense that from a national security standpoint, they're all into, you know, like tracking, monitoring, and using the NSA and the DEA and the FBI and the CIA and all these special groups of people to monitor and track us and use the CFPB to accumulate all our data it sounds nazi like they want to know what books we're reading they want to know what all our financial transactions are and stuff that's just ushering in control from the antichrist or whoever gets into power because it's a it's a deception it's like sheep being led to the slaughter everybody just continues to allow this hypnotic trance go over them and oh okay that's fine let's let that happen and they don't realize they're being led to the fire and it's like they don't allow us to monitor and track them and they work for us they are accountable supposed to be anyway 
they're, they were supposed to have a fiduciary agency obligation to do our will and do us no harm. And then we, as the owners of this constitutional republic, the business owners, so to speak, we should be able to track every activity within our company and know what to t- and talk to each other as partners of that group of that company to t- decide how the government or the operations or the processes and procedures of that entity should operate most effectively. So now we're allowing the whoops to lie and cheat right to our face get elected into office, and then tie us up and bind us and control us like dogs. And I'm just shocked that nobody cares, or everybody seems to dismiss that. I I rest my case so far. Well, it looks like, unfortunately, we lost the calls to our guests, Tim and David, who were were next on on the list. to do our closing comments. So I guess I'll uh, see what kind of uh, time I can, uh, you know, fill up on there. Uh, So, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, of course, want to thank everyone for coming to the show. We'll we'll look forward to next week. We do have uh, some really good uh, guests we're working on uh, getting on the show, as you heard earlier. Uh, And definitely check out uh, their website, www.watchthevote.com. USA.com and uh, check out their conference call, which is next Tuesday at 10 p.m., and that's Eastern Time. And of course, uh, Bard's Logic Local Talk is on uh, each Wednesday at 10 p.m. Uh, I know we played a little bit about 9 p.m., but I think we're going to stay with our 10 p.m. Uh, I just think it works out uh, a lot better for a lot of other people. Maybe even including myself at this point. Uh, so, but it's unfortunate we 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 lost uh, we lost them. So, but also of course, as I do ask folks, because uh, this is a grassroots show, is to uh, take the link and share the free podcast uh, with everyone, uh, so that they can listen in. So that hopefully we can have them call into the show and uh, be a part of our roundtable discussion. Because it's always good to uh, have folks on and, and get the information out. Uh, uh, for folks, and so well, uh, look forward to that. Now, what we are going to, and I want to, you know, we talked about green, I mean, well, you know, the third parties tonight, and I, I definitely want to uh, talk more about it. And, and, and my my thing feeling is this: is that uh, you know, I know a lot of the third parties thought that you know, if they could get a national candidate, uh, that would really you know help them in in their in their down ballots and get you know get in other positions in government. Uh, both nationally and locally. Uh, I kind of feel that, you know, it's actually should be the opposite, whereas, you know, vote them in locally and then they can, you know, move up, so to speak, through the ranks. That might be the the better way of doing it just because, you know, unfortunately things are so rigged uh, nationally that for them to expend their time and their resources and and money to – to try to win a national campaign. Now, I'm not saying they don't have a presence. Don't get me wrong. I think they should have a presence. It just, you know, and I real, I mean, if we could find a way, and unfortunately, uh, the only way we could do that is to have the uh, them get rid of the percentages that are needed in order to, you know, be on the debates. Yeah. And now, one thing I said this before, I'll say it again, is uh, one thing I think the Republican debates did prove is that you could have five you know, people on the stage and still have a, you know, a pretty substantive debate. 
I think a lot of people, would, uh, especially in this climate, would like to hear from the multiple uh, multiple parties whether they would do any good and you know in, in actual voting though you know we'll see um, but that's why you know I brought up with your comment earlier John you know <clears throat> that I mean this year I mean it's, it's either Hillary or Trump and I just think Hillary for so many reasons for one I don't think that she deserves to be president I mean after all the corruption and and all the speculation, you know, when there's smoke, you know, there could be fire. You know, I mean, about the suspicious deaths surrounding her and Bill Clinton, you know, uh, and just someone is corrupt and has lied as much to American people uh, as she is. <clears throat> and what she's doing with her emails, what she's doing with Benghazi, what she's doing with her email server. And then to basically reward her uh, by – Giving her the, you know, voting her into president of the United States. I mean, what, what does that say? Think about it. what does that say about America? I mean, let's let, let's put you know voting fraud aside, which it's, of course it's still a possibility, or else we wouldn't have had the show. But you know, put that all you know put that all aside. Is how can it, what does it say about the American people if we can elect someone as corrupt as Hillary Clinton, obviously corrupt. I mean, it's, it's obvious, and then still and, and still vote her in. I mean, I know the media has a big part of it in trying to make her look like, oh, she's not corrupt; she is for the people. But for us to fall for that, it just seems ridiculous to me. I just don't see how how that can happen. How we can award or reward, I should say, uh, Hillary Clinton who's the president of the United States. It's just it, it's totally baffling uh, hey, to me on that. Hey, Robert, what? Uh, what's tomorrow? The special day. Tomorrow's Thursday. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What's it's tomorrow? the president's birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I got it. It's his birthday tomorrow? Yes. I have a favor to ask you. The president's birthday is tomorrow. I want you to do something special for him this year. Sign your official campaign birthday card so he can see how many people in this team love and appreciate him. He doesn't get the credit he deserves for saving our country from blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she said to him, oh, yes. I was like, oh, my God. What, what, you know, how many people love and appreciate him? And she thinks I do? So he'll love knowing you're thinking of him on a special way? Yes, I'm thinking about how I would like to talk into one of those hungry lions in the Venezuela zoo. <laughs> Uh-oh, they're probably listening yeah, to me. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, be careful. Yeah, we have uh, an NSA yeah. Bob online. I knew everyone here would want to know this. <laughs> hey, Robert, you were going to um, give out that phone number for the Tuesday night thing and the PIN number? Did you find Oh, that? yeah. Let, let me go ahead and do that. You know, let, me, let me get that real quick. Okay, the phone number is 10 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Tuesday. And that's 605-562-3140. It looks like it's a, a long PIN number. And it's 168-055-6055-623-140. 
With that, folks, I'll be closing out the show. I want to thank everyone again uh, very much for uh, coming on. And, of course, uh, thank you for sharing the links so that other people can come to the, uh, listen to the show and, and, and come and uh, like it and join us uh, for our roundtable discussion. And, and as I said earlier, I try to make it as easy as possible. Of course, we do give more time uh, to our guests. I think uh, we owe that to them for them coming on and being our guests and giving us the information for the show. And so, of course, I will end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. And definitely, folks, also check out uh, the website at www.barslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So take care, folks. We will see you next time, and good night. Night. Thank you.